Blog Talk Radio. Created being, and how he shifted the blame on his name from fruity shouldn't have 
all out of Eden Wearing designer fig leaves by Louis Vuitton Make believe it, but God sees through my foolish pride And how I'm weak like Adam, another victim of Lucifer's lies But then in steps Jesus All men were created to lead, but we needed somebody to lead us More than a teacher, but somebody to buy us back from the darkness You can say he redeemed us Taught us that real leaders follow God Finish the work cause we're on our job Taught us not to rhyme But give life, love a wife like he loved the church Without singing how many hearts we can break first I wanna be like you in every way So if I gotta die every day Unworthy sacrifice But the least I can do is give the most to me Cause being just like you is what I'm supposed to be They say you came for the lame, I'm the lamest I made a mess but you say you'll erase it I'll take it they say you came for the lame, I'm the lamest I broke my life, but you say you'll replace it, I'll take it Stopping by and uh, y'all bear with me here. I want to welcome you once another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the show, the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. You're listening to Seth, and I am grandson of Azalee Douglas, who is a daughter of Ed and Isabel Douglas. So, how's everybody doing tonight? Hopefully, everybody's doing pretty good. Blessed. And uh, highly favored, they say. Um, Want to just welcome everyone. I'm looking at the phone lines. We got a few uh, that's not here yet, but we'll just keep right on. I want to go ahead and go to Austin, Texas, and bring on our co-host, the one and only Darlene Douglas. Uh, don't want to waste any time bringing on Darlene tonight. Darlene, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. How are you doing there? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm counting on, I'm, I'm not too doing too good today. I had a lot of challenges. So, folks, hopefully I can break through this and kind of shake it off. But sometimes you go through so much, you just seem, it just, it just oozes out of your conversation. But hopefully not tonight because we have a very exciting show, very exciting show. I've been looking forward to interviewing Charity and finally was able to do that. And so um, we're going to do it tonight And she is uh, already in the house As a matter of fact, Charity is already in the house How about that? Love it when the guest is on time So she's on time, she's in the house Darling, you're there, appreciate it Go in and say hi to the family Just just kind of let us know where you, how you're doing today Hello family, I hope all is well To Everybody should know me by now, but at any rate, my name is Darlene Douglas. I am the granddaughter of Ennis Buddy Douglas and the daughter of Ellis and Carrie Douglas. That's right. That's right. And Darlene, we've been doing this for how long? How many shows do you think we've done by now? Probably 50 maybe? I think we have 50? Feels like I always thought it went in September, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of shows, a lot of shows. Well, I, I must say it's a challenge to put them together, but once you actually get the show together and it's Tuesday night, it's a good feeling, ain't it? Just to finally have the fin- finished it product. Is. But a lot of people don't know how much work it goes into doing these shows. But anyway, folks, you listen to another episode of Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. Again, I'm Seth. i got Darling on the line all the way from Austin. I'm in Fort Worth. And uh, we just want to thank you for those of you that's already here on time. Uh, like I said earlier, we got, it looks like we got a lot more to, to join us tonight, but uh, hopefully they'll be in the house. We do have several people already on the phone lines, and I thank you. Like I say, every single week I have to keep saying it. I'm always going to say it because we appreciate it when you show up early, and uh, especially when some of y'all do, the way some of y'all do, you, you, you come in early and you never hang up. I mean, I've seen some people come in early and never hang up. Uh, so I want to thank y'all, and I also want to do a special shout-out to the person that's on time the most, if I may do that tonight, and that's Bubba Jack. Does <laughs> that shock you, darling? <laughs> no, I know he really enjoys this show. Yeah, he is always on time. And that's good, that's good. Yeah, Bubba Jack was the first guest we had on the show. And he's actually the one that I called and I said, uh, do you think this idea is a good idea? And he loved the idea. I love the idea, you know, but I wanted to hear other family members, especially the elder, that really appreciated what we was trying to do. And he came on the scene and really, really uh, just thought it was a good idea. So that's why I always uh, I have to give a little shout-out to him. So... Um, Darling, I want to know if you had anything before I um, start talking about it, uh, before I unload this little notepad I have of different items. you have anything, anything you want to say to the family, anything? While you're thinking about that, let me just say this. Uh, uh, folks, tonight, if we get an opportunity, uh, speaking of darling, I may want to play a clip that she have uh, of the family lineage. Uh, we hadn't played in a while. It's been like uh, probably a couple of months since we played, and I like to always put this out there. So we may just do that. Uh, so just know that, that that may happen later on. We'll see. We'll see how the time do. But, darling, you got any updates, any announcements, anything? I know we got the cruise still coming up. We're going to keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it until the cruise actually happens. And then there's the New Orleans things. I don't know what to say about New Orleans. So what's going on with any of that? Um, New Orleans, like I was saying, each person is on their own pretty much now to call and and get and see if they can make arrangements because it's past it's past that date, the deadline date, but it may be some rooms still available. Okay. Okay. And the. The cruise is still on. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. And um, that's also past the deadline, but it shouldn't be a problem getting in on that one right now. Also. Yeah. Well, hope, hopefully, folks... Uh I know um, I know of some family members, I won't mention their name, but they actually haven't. They missed the deadline, but they have managed to get on the cruise outside of the deadline. So the cruise is still alive and well, family. Any of you want to go, uh, I'm going to try to put some pictures out there next time I do a promo 
and uh, kind of keep that everybody's appetite wet on the cruise. I don't want everybody at the last minute to want to go, and then you got to come with all that money at one time. So I plan on going, God willing. I, you know, um, I just plan on going. We're just going to leave it at that. Uh, listen, folks, tonight we're going to bring on Charity by 8th. And if y'all haven't figured out yet, I'm moving a little fast because I want to bring on Charity early because tonight, folks, we want to wrap up a little early. We want to wrap up by 1030. Here's why. I think Blog Talk Radio is now giving us a short amount of time. You know, we're contracted to 8. Uh, we're contracted to 10, right? 8 to 10, right? But they give you about an hour. And I think what's happening is... Um, uh, <laughs> They cut us off. I think, I don't know if my phone dropped or they cut us off. So tonight I'm talking to y'all on the landline. I'm not taking no more chance with the cell phone. But the show could end again at 1038 because Blog Talk said that's enough time. So I don't think they want you to plan on using that whole hour. It's more like a grace period, like you book to 10, and you can go over there, give you an hour. And there are some shows I did it for three years. Three years I used three hours and wasn't a problem. But I have been told that if they get in the crunch with their servers and they got a bunch of shows out there, that they can start cutting off people early. So I don't know if my, my cell phone dropped because it was a brand-new GS7 or if they just decided that's enough time. So we're going to cut off around 1030 to be on the time. Actually, what I want to do, to be very honest with y'all, can I be honest with you, darling? Can I be honest with them, darling? <laughs> sure. <laughs> What I really want to do is push it to 10.30 just to see, and then I'll know if it stays on, it was my cell phone, because I'm on a landline tonight, and if it cuts off, we'll know it's blocked off. That's what I really want to do. So we may kind of just play with that. Um, so, But just know up until 10.30, we, the show is pretty much guaranteed, all right? So, darling, did you have anything else? Oh, you mentioned about... Um Someone had got on the cruise outside of this. Um, did they were they able to just make a like a payment down, or did they have to do the whole amount of money? Good question. They was able to put a payment down and kind of pay it out. So you know how it's like anything else. Your money talks. You know, money talks. As Ohio players used to say, "Money talk, women walk." <laughs> I ain't saying all that, but I'm just saying. Uh, once you start talking about money, people, people, <laughs> that is a real song, though. You know that, Ohio Playoffs? You never heard that? No, no. It <laughs> is true. But anyway, um, uh, for real, for real, it's a family member. I'll I'll mention who it is later to you. But uh, for sure, for sure, they was able to do it. They don't mind me telling the name. I'm just not giving a name. But uh, they was able to get uh, on the ship. And you probably can do the same thing, family members. So, again, don't give up on the cruise. Just get with Darlene. Get that number. Um, it's it's also on the Ed and Isabel page. Isn't it on the Ed and Isabel page? It is. I guess I can repost it. But, wait, wait. Yeah. Are you saying that this person went through Kindle? Yes. No? Okay. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Yes. She contacted the same person you said. And I like I say, you know, they have to put a deadline out there. People will be just, you know, they just won't. Everybody will be coming at all times. People be showing up at the, on the day of the cruise, so they have to put these, uh, um, these dates and 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 uh, you know, out there. And I understand that, but just know for the record that uh, you can go still. All right. So family, 
Again, I want to thank y'all for tuning in to uh, another episode. This is probably about our 50th episode, somewhere around there, of the Douglas Kennedy Family and Friends Network. We've got a lot coming at you tonight. We're going to be talking about the African-American church, the state of the African-American church. How is it doing? Is it meeting the needs of their people? Last week, we talked about it. We talked about it. We talked about it. We talked about challenges in the church. We talked about things that were straight up God, straight up God. I mean, straight up the most high doing. He's still working within his church, folks. He's still doing good things. He's still healing. He's still delivering. He's still prospering people. He's still bringing up ideas of how to better manage your money in a lot of these churches. That's right. A lot of these churches are making some very good decisions with their members, and I mean that, okay? Having said that, there's a lot of scams going on in churches. There's a lot of a lot of greed going on in churches. There's a lot of um, control, if you will, uh, by ministers uh, using God's name and using God's um, scriptures to profit, and, and more, not just monetarily, but just some people just into control. So we talk about it, we talk about it, we talk about it. And like I said, folks, the goal is not to bash the church. The goal is to encourage uh, uh, the righteous to keep doing what they're doing, inspire a new allegiance, hopefully, to Christ. In his, in his kingdom And the third is to expose the thief That come to steal, kill, and destroy And hopefully from all this We'll have a um, The overall goal is To get the family to see The potential of the church Because it's still alive and well We're not going to be bashing again The black church or the African American church Or the church that served mostly African Americans It's not going to happen But we're all going to have an interesting show Part 2 tonight uh, William B. Johnson is going to be joining us again, and Donald Charlotte join us again, as well as you listeners, you family. You can join us as well with your comments and you know, whatever you want to say about it. It's a very hot topic, okay, but we've managed to not argue, not get into the too deep of debates. I mean, we, we debate, which is fine, and we do get deep. But what I meant is not get into the animosity where you're not hearing each other and all that. So we just do it like men of God and women of God. If some of you ladies want to join in, Darling gave her uh, some good advice on the show. She had to leave a little early, but she gave a very good pointer before she left. And so you ladies can join us just as well. It's not a man thing. It's just a family thing. It just happens to be two guys that end up talking the most last night, last week. But Darling, like I said, was in on the early party. And I did invite Gwen uh, Burks last week, but I don't know... Well, she was unable to make it, but and I didn't even get a chance to invite it this time. So we'll see. We'll see. But in about 10 minutes, we're going to bring on uh, Charity. That's going to be the, the next feature we have tonight. The big feature uh, is going to be a family member living in the land of Israel. Living in the land of Israel. That's right. Charity is going to be calling all the way over the Atlantic and the nation of Israel. Now, before she come on, I want to do a little... Uh, Intro bio of the people that's in uh, the area she's in now. Charity is not really directly um, with the people. Um, well, how can I do this? Let's let's see, let's see, let's see. Let me make sure we got everything else. Darling, did you have anything else before I get into this? Because I know how this is like a barrel of worms. Once I open this up, it's no turning back. And then Charity's gonna be on the line. So, did you have anything else that you wanted to share with the family before I open this? Um, whole uh, Israel portion of the show No that's it So we'll go We'll continue on Okay well great 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 Well like I say folks um, um, I wanted to do a bio Of Israel 
Demona, Israel, and we're really all over the land whenever we go, but mostly in Israel. Uh, the sake of Shalom, there's a lot of Jerusalem, uh, Tiberias. There's several parts of the land that that the people we visit uh, go. So let me just do this. Let me share with y'all just a little bit about how Charity, um, how I end up inviting her, okay? And then she's going to come on and she'll talk about her experiences now, 2016, 2015, 2014. I think she went to 14. But Charity has been to Israel several times to say, I mean, well, a couple of times to stay. So she's not new to Israel at all, and she's been all over, but she'll tell you about that a little later on. But um, just so everybody knows, I... Uh, this whole Israel thing came up with me by listening to a show called Bev Smith. Have you ever heard of Bev Smith's show, uh, darling? Bev Smith, she's, they call the queen of night talk. Therefore, while she was the queen of nighttime talk radio. Bev Smith. You ever heard of her? Mm, no, I have not. She used to be on the show. She used to be on BET. Bev Smith's been around. But anyway, Bev Smith came on, on her show. She had on a guy by the name of Prince. Emmanuel, Prince Emmanuel, and I heard this guy talking about blacks being the original Jews, and that always interests me. He wasn't the first one I heard say that, but what I liked about him is he didn't sound like he hated white people. He didn't sound militant, because most of the time when I heard that, it came from people that seemed like they was angry or something like that, and at the time, that just wasn't something that I wanted to be a part of. But this guy was calm. He was using scriptures. He was calm and uh, very, very intelligent guy. Then I heard he was a journalist. He's has his, he's gotten his education. Uh, uh, I think he has a master's in journalism. But he worked for the Washington, one of those pa- large papers in Washington. Make the long story short, I ended up calling him, and he invited me to come to Israel. But he did just didn't invite me to come to Israel family, watch his family. This man made it possible for me to come to Israel and get in and out of Israel. We're talking about a whole week of state. We're talking about touring all over the land for, like, nothing. I mean, literally nothing. All I have to do is get there. He just told me to just get there, and I worked for the airlines, so that was nothing. So I got to see Israel for free. But that wasn't the best part of it. We talk about, before I bring on Charity, I'm just talking a little bit about Demona and my experience in Israel and then how I end up inviting Charity. And then Charity ended up coming. I'm going to pass baton to her in a little bit. So put a little music in the background. So what happened was I went, and they have this tour where they show you. Uh, they got their own little tour where they want to show you how. Uh, they call it walking. Through, well, I think it's called walk through the Bible back then. But they sit you in this room and they go through the history of African Americans. This is in the land of Israel now. Uh, they got they provided some garments for me, because they all dress me more like in ancient times. They like to wear the garbs, you know, and so forth. So, they went through all of our history, darling, from from slave ships, from slave ships up to now. And I don't know if many of you know this, but the people left the United States. There was about, I guess, a thousand of them that left about, well, it wasn't that many. But it was a lot. They left the United States in, in 1967 when we had the riots and the racism and all the civil rights movement. Well, Benami, a gentleman named Benami, left with quite a few people. It wasn't a thousand, but it was it was it was it was a few. And they headed towards Israel. They said, Israelists, we are the people of the Bible. We've studied. We're the people of the Bible. We're going to our homeland, and we're getting up out of America. So they left. 
that's the people I'm talking about who is now 3,000, roughly 3,000 strong in the land of Israel. So uh, they end up getting to Israel, and the Israelis said, you're not no Jews, we're the Jews, and they went back and forth saying, you're not the Jews, you're not the people of this land you got, and they just went back and forth arguing with each other. The uh, Israeli government kept sending them back to the United States. They tore passports and said, we're not citizens of the United States. We're not going back. And so for a while, there was a big beef between the Israeli government and these black people coming from America saying, we are people of this land. This our land. Y'all not entitled. Y'all don't fulfill anything in the scriptures. You not, you know, this whole 1940, y'all become a nation that's, that's nowhere in the Bible. You've never been... You have don't fulfill any of the prophecies via Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, da 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 Finally, Israel gave in to them and gave them, uh, allowed them to settle in southern Israel. Southern Israel. And that place now uh, is in the, in the city of Demona. So those people, this was back in 19, uh, the 60s, they end up building up that place. They call it the Kafar, K-E-F-A-R. And they end up building up this area, living in this area. At first, it was nothing. And I can't tell you all the history, but basically, let me tell you what it is now. Now it's a place that draw names like, because some of you may think it's important, uh, uh, NBA basketball uh, legend uh, Amar Stoudemire is doing some major construction there after he found out his true identity. Blair Underwood was there not too long ago. But it has drawn names like Whitney and Bobby, um, Whitney Brown, Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown. Winnie Mandela has been there. Stevie Wonder has been there a couple of times. Beverly Todd, the actor Beverly Todd, has been there. She goes, she's almost there every time I'm there. Every time I go there, I see her. Uh, Seem like it anyway. Phyllis Stigney has been there. SCLC uh, has been there. SCLC, that what Dr. King was a part of, they actually wanted to. Uh, do this big thing of breaking, bringing African Americans back to the land and getting them baptized. Uh, remember, King said we as a people will will um, will go to the promised land. He wasn't talking about a promised land like some people think. He was talking about the real promised land. So FCLC came there and they was working with people demonic to try to bring as many African Americans as possible to realize King that part of his dream. That was a big big deal, but it fell through the Israeli government, and I wasn't going to allow that many black people to come. We was talking about, they was talking about a lot of like thousands. It was supposed to be a big deal. But anyway, they was there for a while working on that. Dick Gregory been there. Black Mayor's Conference has been there. Uh, Maxine Waters has been there. I've met a lady that sit on the board for the World Health Organization. Just, just to name a few people that have been there. Why do I name all those people? I name those people to let you know the kind of personalities that's a, that would go and visit these people. They're not going to go visit a cult like they once was called. They're not going to visit a bunch of criminals like they once was called. Anytime African Americans do anything outside of loving and giving all their strength to America, if they do anything, especially in the land of Africa, anywhere, they, they're, they're, they're labeled. So there's all these labels. If you Google these people, you'll hear a lot of bad labels like they're criminals or they, you know, uh, just a bunch of things. Well, you don't have those kind of personalities going there and living there and uh, safe there unless you got something. And so I said all that to say that I had the opportunity to go, and it changed me. It changed my life. I already knew, as I've been believing for years before I went there, that we were the people of the Bible. And, I'm, 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 again, this is a short bio before I bring on charity. 
uh, I invited Charity, and I'm just talking about what worked up to that, and then I'll pass the baton to Charity. But uh, anyway, these people are some of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. Now, prior to me meeting the people in Demona, I used to think the Chinese had the best diet. The Chinese was the deepest in terms of meditation and things like that because that's just what Chinese did. Well, that was until I met the people in Demona. When I went there, I never met so many people that was deep in the scriptures that knew the Hebrew, spoke spoke Hebrew fluently, spoke Hebrew through Hebrew fluently, and I mean, uh, I, I saw people that wasn't trying to be like the Israelis. Like when we went there, I went there. That was my concern. All these people here trying to be like Jews, trying to think they're Jews. No, no, no. These people was. Believe that they was people of the Bible And they went in there They have not to this day Converted to Israeli form of Judaism They have their own version They believe they're the people of the Bible And guess what folks They actually love the Israelis And they work with the Israelis They own boards there in Israel They uh, A lot of them are they, Children even serve in the army Which I think is uh, not a good idea But they do They actually serve in the army So there's no fighting with them and the Israelis Like before which I kind of, kind of don't know what to say about that. So I remember when I went, one of the things I, I uh, experienced, and again, I'm just sharing some things before I bring on charity. Um, one of the things I experienced, Darlene, was I had issues with how the Israelis would walk through their, their place of residence. They call it the Kafar. It's a, it's a huge place with, oh, I don't know, maybe hundreds of people live there. It's, it's really big. And the Israelis would just walk through and parade through them like y'all are nobody. And I had issues with that. And they would talk to me and say, brother, you have to understand. Not only that, but they would, they would pick them up on the side of the road whenever they would see them. It's a big thing in Israel to not hitchhike. You just kind of stand out there and somebody's going to pick you up. You don't have to hitchhike, not in Israel. So they would pick up these Israelis all the time. And I was like, why do y'all pick these people up when you know they don't respect you? And, he, and the brother corrected me and he said, let me tell you something, brother. He said, you kind of have the wrong spirit. He said, one day, our people is going to rule this land just like it was in ancient times. And we want these people to remember that we was a loving people, that we was a people that served them as best they could. We do not want to do what they're doing to us. We want to portray the, the spirit of Christ. So I was blown away by that. And uh, that, that was another thing. So having said that, I also was able to see some of the things that they was doing, like they have factories there. When they moved there a long time ago, they had nothing. I mean, it was literally nothing in, in when they, when the Israeli government pushed these people into South Israel and just say, make it on your own. We ain't going to help you. And they didn't give them nothing. I do mean nothing, folks. No wood to build, nothing. I don't even think they had plumbing there for a while. And they made it happen. So you go there now, and it's attracting those big-name celebrities and all kind of other dignitaries I didn't even mention. And uh, that's why I respect them so. And uh, these young people, I've never seen young people like them. You, you, they look like our young people, and you're expecting them to say, what's up, my nigga, or something like that. <laughs> and they'll say, shalom. Uh, they'll greet you in Hebrew some other way, and they'll, and they'll bow to you. And I've never, ever in my entire life to this day seen young people like that. And that's who charity is hanging around, those kind of young people. They're very talented, very gifted. There's many factories that they own, businesses that they own. They actually own businesses all over the world. Restaurants in several parts of the world, I should say, not all over the world, but several parts of the world. They own restaurants, and um, they have all type of um, crops 
they grow their vegans. These people are vegans. They do not eat meat or dairy products. And they have children that's 20, 30 years old that have never had meat in their body, ever. They look at you crazy when you're talking about meat, some of them, because they never had it. Some of them have now. And so, anyway, um, and I'm going to bring on Charity in a second, but i got to just say this, because I want to draw a picture here. I want you guys to see why I was so intrigued to go to Israel uh, 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Went about an eight years straight, and I would always take an entourage of people with me, and, and Charity was one of the persons that I ended up taking. And uh, Charity, I think she'll tell you herself, but I think what she liked about the land is the family environment. I mean, uh, y'all, I- I'm not kidding you. i got to tell you this. I'm just being honest with you. One day we'll do a show just on Demona, just on Demona, darling. Because I don't think we're going to do it justice tonight Because Charity's not really with the people What I'm talking about in Demona She's moved out and, and grew and met other people And she's not necessarily with this particular group So one day we're going to do a show Just on how these people successfully moved out of the United States There ain't no cult There ain't no criminals They're regular people that's making it And thriving in the land of Israel But uh, I want to also say that they are expanding into other nations because they, they're taking their uh, training and their methods of how they became a nation to other, uh, working with other African countries, trying to get their health right. And uh, right, I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to go into charity. Darling, you there? I'm here. I, I'm going to pose something at you. I want you to think about this. When I went in 2000, I think it was seven, they had told me that they only had ten deaths, something like ten deaths. Since 1967 I think it was like eight deaths And I said wait a minute Y'all are saying only eight of y'all have died Since 1967 And they say yes Now think about this for a second Since 1967 If you move to a land or country or somewhere Wherever And you only have eight or nine deaths that means you're going to have a lot of people in their 80s, and that's exactly what you have in Dona. There's a lot of bearded, white-bearded people. There, a lot of them run uh, marathons. They're very, very healthy. I've never, if nothing else, they, their claim to fame is their health. Uh, uh, they used to tell me, I don't know if it's still the case, but it was. they used to say we don't have no diabetes, no cancer. I remember I had a toothache one time, and they said, well, brother, we don't know what to tell you about that toothache because we don't have a dentist because we don't have cavity. We don't have cavities because we don't eat sugar. So they don't eat sugar. They don't – I mean, they're, they're, they're super healthy, super healthy. As a, as a matter of fact, and i got to say all this before I bring on uh, Charity, uh, uh, there was a bus full of Russians there one year, and the Russians were there because they heard about the people in Demona's diet. So Demona is known really – the people in Demona, these African-Americans that left the United States in 67 and have had children, they have children, and they have children, their claim to fame is their diet. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, I mean, they, they, when they say no diabetes, no this, no that, they don't have those sicknesses. Now, something happened not too long ago where they allowed the Internet to come in and allowed t- people to have TVs because they used to not – Play, play the TV thing. They, 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 you couldn't be having, you couldn't have a TV because, you know, they deemed it kind of worldly, and so everybody kind of agreed. Yes, we're going to agree with this rule. So they, they agreed to it, 
And that's how I think they was able to be so success, successful. But they, they not too long ago, allowed that, and they've had a lot of trouble. And uh, maybe Charity will share how the Lord used her with regards to that. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Uh, anyway, uh, that's a few things I wanted to say. I'm just looking over my notes here. One of the things they do is they come to the United States very often, and they send young people. I've never seen 18, 19, 21-year-old people come so responsible, knowing how to do big productions, because at one time they had this uh, production going all over the United States, and it was young people, very young people, uh, doing these productions. And I, I, I normally see productions that big, that huge. They have people 30, 40, 50 years old doing it, but we're talking about young people. I just never seen young people so busy getting up. I mean, when I was there in 2000, uh, um, when I first went in 2001, they had young people up 6 o'clock in the morning raking leaves. And, and again, if you pass by them, they wouldn't have no attitude. They'll say shalom or whatever. And so I just think that it was just a blessing to see black people because we always thought when we can't come together, we can't do this, we can't do that. Well, Demona proved everybody wrong, everybody wrong. And uh, so, anyway, let's do this. I want to go ahead and bring on Charity, and I want her to uh, 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 give you her version of how, what is it she like about uh, Israel. We got some questions for her. Uh, uh, Darling, you got the questions, right? I sent you some questions earlier, right? I have them. Okay, great, great, great. And so, let me just do this. Y'all have to bear with me. I'm telling y'all I've had a really trying day today, and tonight we're doing something to do. We have a new application I'm using on the show. I don't know if y'all ain't been able to pick it up, but I'm using something new. How does my voice sound, darling, because I'm using a completely different uh, uh, sound system. How does it sound? I couldn't tell. It sounds It's fine. I couldn't tell anything yeah, it's, it's not hands-free. That's the thing that's driving me crazy here, but it does sound better. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, let me go ahead and bring on uh, my niece, and uh, Miss Charity Mercer. Put on a little music here. Okay, folks, like I say, Charity is my niece. She's from the Azalee stock, and uh, she's in the land. And I'm going to go ahead and not wait another second. I'm going to go ahead and open the line. Area code 972586, and a long, long bunch of numbers here. Charity, is that you? Yes, me. Let's see you hear me? Everybody. Can you just fine? Okay. okay. Hello, how are you doing, friends? How are y'all doing? <laughs> doing great, doing great. Yeah. Now, what time is it there, first of all, Charity? It is 4.38 in the a.m. <laughs> oh, Lord, oh. Lord. Yeah, now, how are you doing? And also, uh, I, I, I failed to mention this. I can't say, I can't tell at all. But uh, you're expecting, right? Yes, I'm expecting my third baby girl. Uh, her yeah, name is going to be Zarina Rose. Yeah. Praise, <laughs> so, praise God for that. Praise the most high for that. <laughs> now, now, Charity, uh, it's so much to talk about. I was telling people earlier just a little bit about Demona, and I didn't even, I didn't even scratch the surface. These people have been there for years and years and years and years and years, and they've had war with the Israelis. Now they get along with the Israelis. But um, anyway, you not long, no longer is with Demona per se. You live in what city? No, no, I'm still. I live in Demona still. I just um, I'm not um, 
integrated into how into their lifestyle like that. But my you know, my husband is from the nation of the Hebrew Israelites, so I'll always be in some way or form attached to them, but I'm just not integrated into them, meaning, you know, their lifestyle and their lives. Um, I teach we teach our daughters about who they are because that's still my husband's life, you know, he still is an active Hebrew Israelite member. He's still a part of the nation. So, you know, we teach them about both. I teach them who I am as a Christian. I teach them who he is as a Hebrew, you know. And um, they, my daughters, they share my belief stronger because, you know, when we were in America, they went to church with me. Over here, they get to learn about their father, but they don't get to always experience um, everything that's going on the key far and around the key far because they don't go to the now, now, hold on. Hold, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on a second, Charity, because I said the word key far earlier, but I don't know if they caught that. Darlene, did I mention key far earlier? Pretty sure I did, but the yes. key far, key you far, did. K-E-F-A-R. I did? Yes. You did you did. say I did, Darlene? You, you did. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Cause, uh, all right, we'll be throwing that word a lot to, around tonight. Key far, key far. It's just... The name, what they call it's the called Village of Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Village of Peace yeah. also is you another name. Them. That was given to them actually by the Israelis. Uh, not that they can yeah. define anything. My, my, and my, but they do call them the Village of Peace. But yeah. you mentioned something sure. I want to say. I'm glad you uh, made the comment you made earlier about Christ. You teach your kids who they are in Christ. And then you teach them who they yeah. are as a Hebrew. Expound on that a little bit. I know we got our little questions for you, but I just wanted you to hit that a little harder. A little harder. Um, well, for my for my daughters, and you know, um, growing up, I learned that we were Hebrews were like to begin with. I, you know, when I came over here, they were shocked to meet me because they were like, I've never met a black person who was a They knew that they were Hebrews were like, and for this girl to come all the way to Israel, and she believes in Christ, and she knows that she's a Hebrew, no way, that doesn't exist, but, you know, I teach my daughters the whole Bible, that's what I mean when I say, I teach them that they are Hebrews, they are also following with the Christ Jesus, because Hebrews were the ones that saw the Christ in the Bible, Hebrews were the ones that decided to pick up their cross after they watched Christ die on the cross, they, in the Bible, 50, over 50,000 Hebrews decided to follow Christ Jesus after he rose from the dead, you know. And then before that, it was over 25,000 that followed him. So I teach my daughters the history of the fact that we are Hebrews, who our forefathers were, who Abraham and Isaac and Jacob were. You know, and I let them know that that's in us. That's who God created us to be. And that's how we're supposed to carry ourselves every day. So I share that with them. I share the whole word of God with them from Genesis to Revelation. And, you know, like um, a lot of people... There are a lot of uh, young Hebrews here who they don't believe in really sharing the word of God with their children. So, and I don't know why that is, but it seems like that it's, that it's like that in majority of the families that are a part of the nation. Not everybody does it, but majority of them really don't sit down and actually share the full word of God with their children. They might, you know, give a piece, but they don't feel like the span of children can last long. But, you know, when they meet my children, they learn that, no, it, it's possible. You have to teach your children from a point where you know for a fact that they can understand, they can learn, and they can actually take those things into their heart and actually become that, you know. 
And so that's how I teach my daughter. When I say I teach them about the fact that they're Hebrew and they're representatives of Christ Jesus. So that's what I mean. Like I instill the word of God in them. I instill, I help them to understand why their father does how he does and why we do the Shabbat, how we do the Shabbat and why the whole, okay, what's holy day Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> See, uh, you got to explain, especially when you mention the word Hebrew. I know you speak some Hebrew, but uh, some people don't know what the Shabbat is. So do me a favor. And oh, tell them, because this is so major, major, major in the land of Israel. I mean, this town, this nation literally shut down like y'all have never seen some shut down oh, yeah. on Saturday. So explain to them what is the Shabbat. The Shabbat. Okay. The Shabbat is, of course, the Sabbath day, which is the seventh day of the week, which is Saturday. So from, it starts on Friday nights until Saturday night. Saturday night, everything reopens. But Friday night, everything shuts down. Nothing is open in this city when Friday night comes. An hour before sunset, everything closes. And during the Shabbat, it is for you to focus on your family, for you to focus on teaching your family about the Word of God, and for you to meditate on the Word of God. That's what the Shabbat is supposed to be for. And that's what um, that's how they celebrate the Shabbat. That's how they do the Shabbat over here. So that's how they do okay. the Sabbath day over here, and it's like that the Sabbath day. So okay, yeah. okay, uh, darling, you got any questions before we begin the big questions? Um, would you spell that for us? You know, spell like Shabbat? if a person wanted to, uh-huh, if a person wanted to look yeah. it up. Yes, S H A B B A T. Shabbat. Okay. Yeah. When you look it up, now, it'll take you. Oh, I was just going to answer her. When you look it up, it'll take you to um, every majority of the scriptures in Exodus to Deuteronomy numbers because that's where they. And Leviticus, because that's where they show you how the Shabbat is done and what goes along with the Shabbat and what rules come with the Shabbat and how you're not allowed to turn on lights and, you know, things of that nature and why you shouldn't touch, you know, certain things. So help and you understand more. Just so people understand, in the Bible, it's just called it the Sabbath. And it was major, yeah, major, it's major. It, it, it's so major, folks, family. It's so major, family, and I see you. We already got a, 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 a hand up. Somebody want to talk to you, Charity. But before I go to the phone line, okay. uh, in, in the Bible, it's one of the Ten Commandments. You can't get no bigger than the Ten Commandments. I mean, people were struck dead working on the Sabbath. Now, I know some people argue, well, oh, yeah. is it relevant for today? Is it relevant for today? That's a whole other conversation. I'm just letting you know that right. it is very much biblical. You can't get no more biblical than the Sabbath. As a matter of fact, family, most of us worship on Sunday, and even though that's not the Sabbath, and a lot of pastors will say that, they get the whole worshiping or worship day from the whole ideology of the Sabbath. Uh, It's just that serious. See how serious it is? We worship on what we used to think was the Sabbath. They just never changed it back once they found out it was Saturday. And that's why some churches still worship on Saturday. It's no big deal. I don't think it's a big deal, but, I mean, Terry might disagree with that. But listen, 
Let's go to the phone lines because we got a question already for uh, uh, Chad before we even get into the questions. Uh, area code 817-353. Go ahead with your question or comment for our guest. Hi, Charity. Hey. <laughs> you yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to just, just hit that a little bit. I went to Israel and I was not ready for the Shabbat, okay? They told us. They warned us about Friday and Saturday. And I'm an obese black woman, okay? All I know is I thought the rapture took place. They have nothing to eat. I was hot. <laughs> I was so hot. I didn't know what to do. But I have to give it up. The most beautiful thing in the world was, I mean, nothing was moving. Nobody walking, but you could hear the people in their homes praying. You could hear, I'm talking about the, the whole place. You could hear the voices off the mountaintop where they were on the mountaintop <laughs> praying. But, honey, I'm going to tell you right now, I was hurt. I was upset because I believe in Eden, and there was nothing for me to eat. Now, hold on, hold on, slow down, caller. First of all, this is Donna for those of you. Donna, you got to remember, a lot of people don't know who you are. Donna is my I'm oldest sorry, I keep sister. thinking everybody just know everybody. No, everybody <laughs> don't know you, and they especially don't know you. So listen, Donna, go ahead and identify how you related to Ed and Isabel for everybody. Okay, I am Azalee Douglas' granddaughter. My mother is Irene, which is Medea's daughter. Okay. And uh, I'm Ted's older sister. Okay, now I want to just share some. Donna mentioned something. I got to chime in here. That was crazy what you were saying. But Donna, I want you to go ahead and finish because Donna really do got some comedy <laughs> for y'all. <laughs> going against, going up to those people that were so disciplined, so so disciplined. I mean, the the that kefar kefar, and really the land of Israel oozes with disciplined people. It's about discipline. And Donna was not having it, folks. It was so funny. But she mentioned praying on the mountain. <laughs> she mentioned praying on the mountain. Let me let me tell you all one of the most beautiful things y'all have ever seen, I, I, at least I had ever seen. They actually go up on the Shabbat. Some, I don't know if they do it every single Saturday. Uh, we're going to say Shabbat. We're going to say Shabbat again for Amelie. We're just talking about the Sabbath or Saturday. On Saturdays, they go up on the mountain. And it really is a mountain. They go up on the mountain. And just imagine those people dressed like they did back in ancient time with the longer garbs and all that. A lot of the women have their hair wraps because that's the way they did back in, back in biblical times. And they go up on the mountain and they do pray. They have a service. And it really, really, really is moving. I took, some, I took a, a, a judge, Tracy Hunter, a very respected young lady from Cincinnati, and I took another young lady, a friend, a prophet, a prosecutor, a uh, prosecutor friend, and these women are very smart, very much p- professional, but they were so moved by that service. I just had to chime in down and tell about that. When you say praying up on the mountain, that, w- that was a serious experience. Go ahead. Yes. I, it, it was the most beautiful thing in that moment, but I was very angry. I really was. When I say no cars, <laughs> No life moving. I mean, nothing was moving. It's like Jesus has already came. 
and take it and wrap everybody away from here. I've never seen a whole country just shut down for the sapping. That was moving. But even their eating, I mean, I was just, I'm used to McDonald's, KFC, and I was messed up. I was messed up. I was very angry and said, my brother believed in history. He believed in the Bible, but I was mad. When they did give me some food, it was pita bread and some olive oil. I don't play that. I'm, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I can't, I can't do this. Everybody was praising God. I went back there. Okay. <laughs> I said, no, I have water. But I will say this. Donna. 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 Yeah. The question. Before you say that. Before you say that, before you say you crazy, you're crazy. Before you say that, let me tell somebody else that did the same crazy thing you did. Whitney Houston came there because, no, she was battling drugs and all this stuff. Whitney Houston came to Israel, and she brought her husband, Bobby Brown, and they was taking him right. to, the, to the Sea of Life. They call it the, we, we call it the Sea of Life, but everybody else called it the Dead Sea because, right. you know, it's a long, a long story. But they said Bobby Brown had them to turn the bus around and go to McDonald's. So y'all, y'all related. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. I'm, I'm gonna say it, it was a moving experience, and I have to give it to him. But it was nothing to see an 80 year old woman and an 80 year old man looking like they was 20. I couldn't walk. A, a block without my thighs rubbing together, and I'm talking about these people were climbing that mountain. I felt I felt good for them, but I was very hurt. I really was. And the dead sea, honey, it ain't no joke. <laughs> Nothing to drown that sea. I promise you, it was beautiful. Roses in the desert. The moon looked like you can reach up and touch it. But the Dead Sea ain't no joke. When I got in there, everything on me that was open was on fire. So when I came out, everything had to go. I promise you. Well, tell, hold on. I could not. I can't. Hold on. Hold on. Darling, you're hearing this. Yeah. I think all I'm going to say is, honey. It ain't no joke. If you're planning on going, you better have your stuff together. Take you some food on the side. Because uh, <laughs> hey, ain't not no joke hey, for real. Donna, Donna, okay. tell them why everything on what? your body, uh, tell them why every part of your body that you described was on fire. Tell them why. Because, it, it, like you said, they call it the Dead Sea, but it's really the Sea of Life. And what was crazy was everybody from all four corners of the earth was in that water. They came for a healing. And when you go in, you honestly, I'm telling you, anything that's cut or open, I was on fire for about 10 minutes, literally on fire. (laughs) I was definitely in hell. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, Donna, the reason why she was on fire, fam, I'm just kind of ad-libbing here, is because it's salt. It ain't nothing but salt. The salt content is unbelievable. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea. That's why they call it the Dead Sea. And another thing, you cannot drown in the Dead Sea. It's crazy. I never, hold on, hold on. It is impossible. impossible. It's impossible. I have people I've taken to Israel, and they went out, Almost not a mile, I ain't gonna say a mile, but they went out so far in the water you can already see them. And they was just leaning on their back and they can't swim worth a lick. So it's probably 500 feet. 
but you will not go down because of the salt content. And also, family, it's the lowest point, second lowest point on our planet. When you're going down, you yeah. keep going down, you be driving down, you be like, well, ain't we there yet? Ain't we there yet? No, we're not there yet. Seems like we took like 45 minutes just to go to the bottom of the, where the sea was, but it's very beautiful. But go ahead, Don. And, and you it's can tell high. when you're going down, your ears are starting popping. You, you can tell that it's really low. But, I mean, like he said, I can't swim, but they'll tell you not to let that water get in your eyes or your mouth. Because it can't blind you, but I, I when I realized, I said, okay, God, I'm, I, I'm, I'm gonna catch you, because I, I, I know water's deadly, and I had got out so far to where that the hotel was real small, and I said, okay, I'm in the middle of this sea, I'm tripping, so I just laid on my back and just kind of floated back, but there is far because in that water, nothing can run. Seriously, nothing was touching me. I don't have to worry about no big fish trying to swallow me. None of that. God, this is show, but I had to say about the chapter that ain't no joke for real. Go ahead, Charity. Charity, what do you think? Charity, Charity, what do you think? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Charity. Nice, man. Nice. Okay. Uh, I agree. I mean. It's- it's a lot to get used to. It's a it's a big difference when you, when you do the Shabbat for the first time. Like my experience for the first Shabbat, one thing that I can agree with her on is that I did love when I first went up to the mountaintop. That first week that I did the Shabbat and I went to the mountaintop, I went every day that week early in the morning on purpose just to go up there and pray. It was so peaceful up there, you know. It really and the is. Really on the is. Sabbath, yeah. And they, it's not something they do all the time. Normally, it's something they do around the holidays. Like, if, if a holiday is coming up, like right now, Passover is happening. So they, most likely, they might have a, a Sabbath or a Shabbat on the hill, on the mountain, on the mountaintop. So when they do it, they bring up music. They have, you know, they have their, they sing songs and they bring drums to play the music and stuff. And it's just peaceful. It's like you can feel God standing right next to you. You know, that's what it feels and, like. And so, then, and then, yeah. and then, Chair, you're in the Holy Land at that, you know. This is the same land family where the prophets laid a man, a man and the bones came together. The, just the land alone raised the dead. It's the Holy Land for a reason. Yeah. It's where most, all the churches all over the world, most visited place outside of Disney. Nothing can touch the Holy Land. Well, listen, we can talk about the land. We can talk about the Mona. We can talk about the Shabbat, which is a trip. That right there, that Saturday ain't no joke in Israel. But I want to get more into what our family member, our family member, Don, you can just hang on the line if you want. Yes, when the little, when the little baby start crying, just put your, mute, mute us, please. Uh, and his little handsome self. But, uh, Cherry, the family want to know more about you, the person. They saw those beautiful photos of you and Yehoshaphat, your husband. How about that for 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 name family? Yehoshaphat. That was the Valley of Yehoshaphat. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that, that, that's his name. Most people can't say it, so we, some people just call him Josh. But no, his name is Yehoshaphat. So anyway, her husband yeah. left to sleep, so we told him he he had to sleep, so we didn't want to wake him up or anything like that. But uh, he's a character. 
He's a very talented young man. Came to Texas. I had the opportunity to meet him. He has a, this is a work boy. Y'all, I'm telling y'all, y'all got to see what these youth do in Israel. I'm telling you, Donna didn't mention that. Charity hadn't mentioned that. These youth well, in Mona and all over Israel is the most talented youth, black kids. Anybody that don't believe in black young people, black minds, need to go to Israel and see what they're doing. Again, they have factories and companies, and they are very well-mannered. Now, I know when they get off by themselves, they probably act like anybody else, but, I mean, they really, really respect the, the uh, elders. Am I right, Charity? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They really do. I mean, my husband to this day is like he will not look at his parents in the eye when they're talking to him. You know, that's just how much respect they have. They're like, mm. <laughs> you know. So, yeah, they are they're and, very respectful. And, and let me tell you all something negative. It's a good negative, though, about the people. When I first went there, I went to Egypt. And I'm only saying this because you'll understand in a minute why I say that. It's about charity tonight, not about me, but I've got to share this. I went to Israel, and I want to go to Egypt because I believe the children of Israel, you know, how they came, walked, they had to walk in, in the whole journey. Right. And I wanted to see it by bus. Well, I go down there, and I get stuck because I didn't know you can't go into Israel with the Israeli, with the Israeli stamp and then go into a Muslim country. I had no idea about that, that that mess. And so I learned in order to go to both countries, this is why some people have two types of passport, one pro-Israel and one pro-Islam. You cannot go to Islamic countries with, a, with an Israeli stamp, vice versa. I didn't know anything about that. So I got went to Egypt first, and, and I went to Egypt first and had a wonderful time, got into the, the uh, uh, border, Talking about the young people in Israel, Demona, Charity's friends. That's what I'm about to tell y'all right now. And I got stuck. And they told me, they said, well, you know you can't do that. I said, I never heard of it, don't know anything about it. I was real nice, but I was pissed because they wouldn't let me into that border. So I made a phone call to uh, the, the minister of whatever you call it, tourism or whatever, which was a young person. This was a young lady now, a young black woman. This young black woman about... One o'clock in the morning, called the prime minister's, well, she didn't call the prime minister, but she called the, whoever is the highest person in the Israeli government with that type of, uh, that had to do with uh, the border, whatever, and uh, the, I can't think of it, customs and patrol, customs uh, and, uh, and was able to get them to release me that same night. This was just a young, if you saw this young lady, you would think, oh, she's, you know, but I'm just saying that's the kind of pull these young people. They're not, they're not your typical young people, I'm telling you. But go ahead, Charity. What was you going to say? I just have to throw it in. Okay. Well, I was going to um, tell everybody who I was related to and who was my uh, great-grandmother and things like that so they'll know more about me, well, know more about me Let's do real quick. Well, hold on, hold on. Do my favors because Donna did a good job saying that already, and I want to do something a little different. Let's go ahead and jump into the questions because we spent a lot of time and it okay. was good. It was all funny, and uh, that's what we're here for. We want to keep that. Donna, you still in the line? <laughs> yes, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Right. That's, that's good. Keep, keep us muted like that. All right. So, Charity, I want to go ahead and give these questions so they can know more about you. So they know a little bit about Demona. Okay. Again, we're going to do a show maybe one day just on Demona because I'm telling y'all, 
those eight trips, we was able to meet a lot of dignitaries, common people, and we'll talk about that another day. But uh, I want to go ahead and start off the interview about you, you the person, you and and your children. First of all, uh, we'll skip number one. We'll go to question number two. Uh, tell us a little bit about your Hoshifat and who your kids are and just a little bit, a bit about them. Well, spend about maybe oh four okay. five minutes. Okay. Um, my husband, Yehoshaphat, I met him. Uh, his name is Yehoshaphat Mercer, full name. I met him in 2006 when I first came to visit. Um, we got married in 2010. Uh, we had Yaeta in 2009, though. So we had her before we got married, which is my first daughter, Yaeta Mercer. And then after we got married, we had my second daughter, which is Zipporah Mercer. They are four years old and seven right now. Zipporah is four, and you're at a seven. Um, right now, they're in Israeli schools, and my husband, he is a hard worker. That's what he does. <laughs> um, he's also a singer. I met him through song, I can say, because I watched him perform as well um, during the time that I was getting to know him. So he was a singer over here. He was very much involved in the nation and still is very much involved in the nation today. Um, and uh, right now, my current state is a stay-at-home mother. Uh, I am also studying my bachelor's degree in psychology. And I've been a mercer for almost seven years now. <laughs> I started out as Charity Renee Howard. So. <laughs> okay. Um, Okay, and, 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 she's got some, and she's got some beautiful kids. I'm sure y'all seen it on the, on the slide presentation. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Darlene yeah. ask question number three and four. Darlene? Okay. Okay. Um, I think you pretty much did that. Um, just to tell us about yourself, uh, where are you originally from? Hello? Charity? Okay, well, you know, she may be calling. Well, well, it's okay. She can call back. We're still with it. We're far from 10 o'clock, so she can call back. But why Charity's calling back? Because I saw her drop earlier once already. So she'll call us back. But, uh, Donna, put your phone on mute if you don't mind. Uh, folks, again, I uh, want to thank y'all for joining me into another episode of Blog Talk Radio. This is the Douglas Cannon Family Friend Network. I'll get this in really quick while we're waiting on Charity to call in. There she is right there. Charity, just go ahead and pick up where you left off, uh, darling, and just ask. Uh, go ahead and ask again, uh, darling. Ask the the third question is, is just to tell us about who you are, and, and I think um, you may have a little bit more to add to that, but... Uh, tell us originally where you're from. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're having a little, little bit of trouble. Uh, hold on, everybody. Just give us a minute. You know, she's calling from a long way. Her phone number seems like it's 15 numbers. So we have a little trouble. So uh, we'll, we'll keep watching the boys and look for the call back. But... Anyway, darling, while she's calling back and I'm watching the board, uh, what do you think of this so far with all that Donald was talking about? Wasn't it crazy? It's it's different. Uh, it's different. It'd be interesting 
to um, charity. You take a trip. Yeah, yeah. Hello? I'm telling you, yeah. Uh, Charity's back. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to take a trip. And I'm telling you, every single year I would take about 10, 15 people, and um, for dirt cheap. I mean, super cheap. And uh, they would always say mm-hmm. the same thing. They couldn't believe how well together these black people got along. You know, no crime, no locked doors. When I used to go with no locked doors, I'm sure they might have changed. But no locked doors, people just, that was the only time in my life I let my son and daughter just run free without me knowing where they were because everybody think like me in terms of, you know, looking out for your kids. So anyway, Charity's back. Uh, Charity, if you get this yeah. again, just keep doing what you did, okay? Keep doing what you did. But okay. go ahead and ask the question again. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. That's fine. Anyway, uh, I'm from Fort Worth, Texas, originally. Um, I was born and raised there. I've been born and raised in a lot of cities in Texas. But um, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. I grew up in Dallas and Denton as well. Um, I went to Trinity High School. I graduated class of 2007. And when I I got to my graduation year, that was a, a year... Um, the year I became a senior, that was when Uncle Seth had invited me to come to Israel. Uh, so, yeah, and I fell in love with the country just by landing in Israel because it was so peaceful. So I told myself one day that I was going to live there. I never believed that it would actually happen, but it happened. So <laughs> here I am living in the country of Israel today. Well, Terry, uh, let me ask you a question uh, riding off that. Writing, writing off that last response, let me ask you a question on that. I don't know this answer myself. I think I do, but I'm not sure. What do you like most about <laughs> Israel? What do you like uh, most? The number, one, the number one thing that I love is no matter where you go in the country, no matter what's going on, it's, there's a peace in this country that's just it's beyond understandable. You know, it's beyond my understanding, beyond any understanding that – that's what I fell in love with. Country. Now hold on a second. Literally, I want right. to cut you. I want. I want to cut you off for a reason. People say, "Okay, what are you talking about?" They're thinking right now. I guarantee you, I got family on this line thinking, "What is she talking about?" The Gaza Strip is crazy. <laughs> There's always killing. There's always bombing. <laughs> and that's what people couldn't understand. Well, Seth, why are you going true? to Israel again? <laughs> so explain. What do you mean by but, peace? The peace, I mean, is that you always know that this is God's country. In the Bible, it's written that this is God's land. He protects it no matter what. No matter what people are, he protects it. It's his. It's Israel's. You know, it was promised to Israel, and it's Israel's, meaning in the Bible, when he changed, you know, the name of Jacob to Israel, and then he said, this is your land, these are your people. And then he said, I will protect them. You can feel that protection. It's like, regardless of what is going on in this country, you can feel that God has his hand on this land. It's like the land of Israel is sitting on the hand of God, literally. That's what it feels like in this land, no matter what, all the time. And it's it's breathtaking. There's no real way to describe it except that, that last sentence. It's, Israel is always sitting in God's hand, and that's what you feel like. You feel yeah, like I, I no harm can come to you. I yeah. want to just count oh, yeah. in. You, you, I'm going to do. The, I'm going to do something a little different with you, Kyle, probably because you're my niece, and I can pick on you a little bit. But I want to just chime on something <laughs> she said about 
the peace because people say to me, why do y'all keep going? That's all that bombing on y'all. Yes, we see guns. Every single time you see a young person in Israel, Israeli, they got a big gun on the side of them. However, you got to understand, just because there's fighting in Fort Worth, Texas, that don't mean it's fighting in Houston, Texas. Just because people exactly. are shelling, shelling in San Antonio don't mean they're shelling in Dallas. So keep that in mind, family. Uh, darling, uh, I think you got number four also. Oh, okay. Tell us about your pastime and your hobbies over there. Oh, <laughs> oh man, the that would have to go along with the whole transition from America to Israel because it's in the city that I live in. It's a small city, so right now my <laughs> my pastimes and my hobbies have become. Based around my daughters, like uh, my my oldest daughter Gaeta, she's a dancer, so I'll take her to dance class. For myself, what I do is I'm in an active mothers group, and uh, in the mothers group we get together. We might have a mothers class of encouragement, or we have a class where we'll teach self awareness to mothers. You know, our self awareness is taught to us, and we share it with the mothers that are around us. And then we have classes for our children, like parenting classes and things of that nature. So those are the things that I involve myself in while I'm here, stuff that will keep me busy because the city is so little. So there's not a lot of activities to do. So, you know, here you kind of get into the hobby of reading or (laughs) writing. (laughs) But, you know, I learn how to get out and get to know people so that I won't have to just be at home all the time. So that's what I do. I stay active as far as, like, with even with what's going on the key part at times, like if they have, sometimes they'll have a thing called um, a frank talk. A frank talk is when they get all the women and all the mothers and the daughters together, and we just talk openly about every topic, you know. So, and I love, I enjoy those times because that's like, that's my passion. My passion is to be a counselor. So, and to change families' lives every day and to, make them look better. So that's what I focus on getting involved in every time that I'm in an active group. And I make sure that that group gears towards what I love to do so that I can stay active in the things that I love, which is counseling. So that's what I focus on while I'm here. um, What else? I also help with the pet workshop that we do for the children. I help with a gardening workshop that we do for all the children of the city as well. So and I'm active in my daughter's school and my smallest daughter's school. So every time there's anything what, going what? on, I'm there. <laughs> hey, Jerry, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me kind of have you elaborate on something you just said. You say you were involved in the gardening? Yes. Yeah. They have a gardening uh, program over here. It's involved in a place called the Miss Kakia. The Miskakia is basically a translation of children's place. It's a place where kids can come after school and they can be involved in activities, learning activities, game activities, you know, any type of activities that stimulate their mind. So um, we're doing a whole garden, and then after the garden is finished, we're going to paint. And then after we paint, we uh, go to the next activity. So every day there's something to do at the garden, and then, you know, it's like it's things like that. 
you know what? The garden. Uh, I know you're talking about uh, another group of folks. There's several groups of African Americans all over Israel. We only talking about really two. Demona and Cherry's talking about how she has broken off and doing some things. But let me explain something really quick. Oh no no this Demona. okay hold on I mean pause one second hold on um. This group that I'm talking about is actually a part of the nation. That's okay, that's good, the good, way. Good. Yeah, yeah. That's the way that I am good. incorporated into them in a small way. So I'm incorporated. I'm just not integrated. You understand? Like, yeah. I got you. I okay. got you. I, wa- I yeah. wanted to kind of okay. hit. I kind of wanted to hit on this. And Donna, you still, I love to hear your two cents on this. If the baby is not crying, because I want to hear what Donna has to say on this. Donna. We heard about the fame of the diet of of Demona, the diet. I hear a little noise in the background, y'all. We can hear very sensitive. I hear a little male's voice in the background. But let's check this out, family. The diet is crazy. Y'all got to see the food. That's one thing every guest I've ever brought, no matter what class they were in, um, uh, they have made over the diet. I mean, these people know we want to eat hot dogs. They know we want to eat meat. And they take tofu and they make it look like anything <laughs> anything you want to eat. And I want Donna to chime in on this. But before Donna chime in, i got to tell one thing, Charity, that I'm sure you remember about Donna. Donna, you there? Yes, I'm here. Donna, Donna went to Israel, folks. And we couldn't understand why her bag was so heavy. Darling, you there? You're going to like this. I'm here. <laughs> Darling, I mean, uh, Donna's bag was so heavy, and we could never figure it out, but we told her how the food was going to be, and she didn't have to pay for anything because I got it all covered. Y'all just come on, give me something for the airfare, everything covered, room and board, tours. So Donna comes with this big bag. We kept saying, why your bag? It's just a garment bag. Why is it so heavy? Folks, when we got to the hotel room, <laughs> Donna was so afraid of these people. And I'm going to pick on her. That's my sister. I can only say this about my sister. It's something about African Americans. When we go to another land and we see other African Americans, there's all these fears. And many of y'all, you know, if you Google this group, you're going to see some old stories about these people, how they, how they got there. They're criminals. They don't want to keep the law. They're the law. They're not real Jews, blah, blah, blah. So some of us believe it. So Donna must have thought she was going to get poisoned. I want her to just talk about how much drinks she bought from the States, how many crackers she bought from the States, how much. <laughs> <laughs> so what she would do when we would go, we go around all this beautiful, healthy, healthy food, I mean, no, hardly no salt. I don't think it's probably no salt, really. There's very little, if any, no sugar for real, no white sugar. I want Donna just to really briefly, because this is Charity's interview, but I got to hear y'all, y'all got to hear her explanation. So, Donna, what was up with all that taking American food? Okay, so you have jokes. I see. Well, I'm going to put it like this here. I'm going to play when it comes down to food, and I didn't know what I was in for. But I took all my stuff so that I, if it wasn't no McDonald's, no KFC, no Subways, I wasn't going to be sick. And really just what I thought happened, happened. I don't eat fish like that. I don't eat tofu, and I don't eat from the earth like that. 
I knew we was in trouble when we were on the bus going to Demona when it was beautiful roses in the middle of the desert. I saw the Campbell. I said, you know what? I'm not going to deal with it. These people were really riding the uh, Campbells with the sheets, black sheets in the heat part of the desert, tents where they lived in, but they were rich. You know, every, every like, five miles, there were watermelons galore. You could pull up, go, God, no, that was good. But all that other stuff, yeah, you could make it, fix something that look like a hot dog, but it wasn't no hot dog. I don't play like that. So I had my vainas, and my grandson is off the chain. I had my vainas. I had my chips, I had my cookies, I had my soda, but let me tell you something, soda is not good when it ain't cold. You don't believe it or not, I was sick. No cold water, I was sick. But I will say this, those people believe in these right, which was a good thing because my thighs were raw. Hold on, hold on, Somebody's line is horrible. Wait, 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 wait. Let's get this line straightened up, y'all. We've got to be able to hear and stop there. Go ahead. Wrap it up, and I want to get back to charity. I just want you. Go ahead. Okay. My, my thighs were rubbing, and I was really in a lot of pain. But those people were in great shape. And I'm going to say about the peace, I, I, I wasn't ready for that because I'm kind of ghetto, loud and ghetto. I was walking in the kafar, and the boys play with the boys, and the girls play with the girls. And the kids say, Shalom. Like, did he say something? <laughs> I say, what did you say? Shalom. I say, can you talk any louder? I'm like, girl, keep mm-hmm. moving. You did too much. But every I'm kid at the age of nine, at the nine could cook for a hundred people. Every kid in the village could make their own clothes and do their hats. It blew me away. They rise early in the morning for the sun even come up. Oh, hold on, hold on, Donna, hold on, Donna. Let, let me, let me, Charity. What, what exactly? I know about the kids cooking. That is true. They can't cook. But Charity, uh, what about the uh, greetings? Just give us some some Hebrew greetings. Just speak a little Hebrew for us. Like, what are things some of the young oh, people right. say? What, is, what are some of the most common phrases? You ain't got to go. Just some of the most common um, phrases you hear. I, you know, we keep saying shalom, but there's a lot of. Them. I used to speak it. I just kind of got out of the flow of it. But just some of the common things they say around the Kafar, around Israel. Mashalom, Mashalom, which is how are you doing? Hold on, hold on. Uh, Manishma. Okay, okay. Yeah. Hold on, Manishma, which is just Manishma, which is just what's up. The simple what's up. The majority of kids will say that to you today because it's easier instead of Mashalom, is is like the proper way of saying how are you doing. So. And Manishma is the relaxed way of saying, how are you doing? So, yeah, those are the main two greetings you'll always hear, like, when you're walking past someone because you're just walking past them or stopping, and they might say, Shalom, uh, you know, Koba Seda, like, are you doing okay? You know. Yeah, those are the three main phrases you'll hear when you're interacting, like when you first start interacting with someone. And we're going to move on with these questions, but I want to say this. Josiah went, and when I took Josiah, my son's name is Josiah, like in the Bible, King Josiah. And he was playing with children, and you have to understand the way they're taught. They don't acknowledge the J in Hebrew 
A lot of these kids speak fluently Hebrew, and they don't acknowledge the J. So they recognized when they heard the word Josiah that his name was Josiah. So when they was playing, yeah. they come back. They come back from outside. I noticed everybody was calling him Yossi, Yossi. And me and my, you know, I looked at each other and said, "What? Why? Why they call him Yossi?" And one of the elders said, "Well, they know that the J means why." And I thought that was very interesting. These are kids that did this. These are kids. They know adults say, "Don't call mm-hmm. them Josiah." These are kids. It's kind of like Hallelujah. Like the Bible says, "Thou shalt call his name Jah, J A H." But nobody, even though you spell hallelujah with a J-A-H, nobody say hallelujah. That's what the Bible says, thou shalt call his name Jah in Psalms. But instead, everybody say hallelujah. So we do it every day, don't even know it. That's the most popular phrase in the church, hallelujah. We change that J to the Y. Anyway, back to the questions, Charity, back to the questions. Um, we're moving right along. We're a little bit behind, folks. Those of you that's going to be tuning in for the African-American uh, conversation, just give us a little bit more time. We just have to get into this, um, and I love every minute of it. Okay, so we talked about why you moved to Israel. Okay. We don't have to talk about that one. Uh, family pastimes, I think you already hit that. Um, well, I think you already hit, so we can move on down, move on down. Tell us something lately that happened that was very actually we talked about that too. Some funny. We can't get enough more funny than Donna in Israel. Um but uh <laughs> but you know what yeah, that's all, true. all due respect for Donna. Donna just went and I have had guests like that. Moppy, uh Terry's mother, we call her Moppy, her name is Verna. Moppy was also close minded. Verna liked the way they dress. There is nobody that's going to outdress the people in Demona. Am I right about that, y'all? There's nobody yes. going to wear purple. And darling, you can darling, darling, you can jump in here at any time and ask questions uh, uh, other than what's on the thing because we pretty much uncover everything on this entire thing. Uh, but nobody's going to be wearing the kind of colors of people dressing. They make garments. It's nothing. Half the women make their own clothes. So. Moppy have a tendency, or Vernon has a tendency, to go there and get involved with where she loves saying, where you from? You're from Africa. Oh, where you from? You're from, uh, 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 you know, <laughs> South America. Because Moppy likes taking pictures with people from Zimbabwe. She likes to take people from South America. So that was her thing. But <laughs> you start talking to her about how we Israel, she went down with that. You start talking to Donna about how we, how we the people of the Bible, she went down with that. That was hot. They was <laughs> <laughs> they want to eat the food. They was just, you know, they love. And Don, I want you to talk about this because we pretty much we only got two more questions for our charity. We're done. But what did you okay. think, charity? Charity, I haven't heard you really hit this before. I thought that your number one reason in going to Israel was the camaraderie or the family environment of the young people. You said that when he was here, uh, uh, one reason you want to leave Texas is because. Even though our family is close, don't get me wrong, but you missed that closeness. I hit that a little bit, Charity. Yeah. But I mean, um, the closeness that I had there I was balanced. I just like I said, when it came to coming back this time, of course it was because my husband was here and we wanted to just decide to build our lives here because it was easier. It didn't make sense for him to have to come over here, find a new job, you know, over there in America and all that all over again. So he was here. He had our apartment ready. So, you know, we came back to live. And 
but my number one reason for always coming was the first thing that I told you, which was the piece of the land. And that was, like I said, way back when I was 19 in my head, you know, I said, I'm going to live in Israel one day. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but it did. So, you know, whether it's been through marriage or through just me coming by myself, however it was, it was going to happen. That's all I could think about in my head. So. And yeah. I want, I want but, to, uh, I want to just uh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was drinking some water. Sorry. I, 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 met, I yeah. said something earlier, and I don't like to tease people. I said that there is a negative about this whole people, about the whole uh, African Americans going to Israel. There is a negative. If the Israeli government could chime in to this phone call, they would say, yeah, but there's one thing that you didn't tell them that you guys do. That's bad. And they're right. Here's something that the Israeli <laughs> government told me when I got stuck in Egypt trying to come back to Israel. They said, you know why they denied your entry. I said, no, why? It was a young white girl, very nice Israeli young girl, told me this. She said, she looked like she wasn't supposed to tell me because I kept saying, I don't understand. Why are y'all denying me? I mean, I got all of my papers. I got my passport. And we don't need a visa. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm a United States citizen, blah, 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 blah. And I had been in touch with the embassy. I mean, because I, I have embassy left and right. Like, I call embassy like the like right. 7-Eleven when I'm, on, when I'm traveling internationally. So embassy say, I don't know why they're doing that, da da da, da. So uh, anyway, they said to me, the white girl told me, she said, it's because y'all never go back. I said, what do you mean y'all never go <laughs> yeah. back? She said, she said, people come to Demona, people come to oh, Demona, and they don't never return. I say, I don't know about that. She yeah. said, that's true. So when I went to Demona, it, no, I said, you it know what this so that's charity saying it's true, too. So when I went to Demona, I asked some of the elders, I said, you know what, they, they just said they denied me because people are coming to Demona from the United States and they're not returning back to the United States. He said, well, that's true. I said, that's illegal. He said, my brother, you just have yeah. to look at it. This is our land. We're no. not from America. We don't. <laughs> and he said, a lot of people. I'm sorry, like, I cannot here, agree with that, like. Well, hold on, hold on, I hold on. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hold, go ahead. hold on, hold on. I gotta say this because I know family is interested in this one for sure. And Donna, you can tell me if you want. We're gonna wrap this up very shortly here. But I said, I said, are you serious? He said, my brother, it's all we have. The, we seize the power to define. We seize the power. We believe in obeying mm-hmm. law, but it's God's law first, and other laws. I kept going back and forth with him. I said, but man, but we have these laws we gotta obey. He said. So listen, he told me, he said, there are people, he said, there are people that come here, and their family think they lost their mind. They think they're enjoying some cult, because they call them and they say, I ain't coming home. I've been looking for this all my life. Black folks, they can get together. I can get my health together. I, don't, I mean, I can get off this, you know, I can get off this meat, or I can become a vegetarian, or I can do this. You don't have to be a vegetarian. A lot of people are not vegetarians in the, in the community. But it's people. I've met an older black lady. She looked to be about maybe 50-something, and she said, I, I just never went home. I said, well, don't your parents miss you? I mean, don't your family miss you? She said, yeah, but I told them if I liked it, I'm going to stay. They can come here and see me, and they do come and see me. They be trying to get me to come back. So that's the problem with the government and one of the, one of the reasons they have. So I still disagree with the brother. But I'm just letting y'all know the kind of peace that Donald was talking about, Charity was talking about, and the reason why I would take my family and friends out to see just how successful these people have become. So having said that, Charity, 
I'm going to let Darlene chime in on number nine for you, and then I'll ask number 10 and we'll be done. So, Darlene, if you want to, okay. go ahead and ask question number nine. Okay. Um, are you a Oh, hold on, you're breaking up, darling, a little louder. Uh-oh, hello? Go ahead. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, Did you yes, have yes. to change your citizenship, or do you have dual citizenship? Uh, no, I'm allowed to have dual citizenship because of my husband. He's a Israeli citizen and a United States citizen, so because of him, I can have both. My daughter is, okay. uh, my daughter's a poor. She should be able to have both. And my daughter, Yaetta, and me, we have to wait together for about another year, and then we have both. Okay, so did you have to go through the routine where you have to take all these tests about um, No, no, no tests. Like, that's um, one thing that is different is how you become a citizen here versus America because, you know, in America you got to learn everything about America. Then you got, you know, you got to do all that. Here you literally just come, you bring your paperwork in. Then you have to go through all the paperwork process. In Israel it's just paperwork, paperwork, paperwork all the time. So that's really the hard part about becoming a citizen here because if you get one piece of paper wrong, they'll make you redo the whole process over. So that was why when I came in 2014, they had sent me back because I didn't have an ounce of paper with me to show anything. So they said, well, you got to get out of the country. We see you later. You're not coming in. So, <laughs> And they put me back on the plane with my daughter and sent me back to America because <laughs> I didn't have anything. So oh. here it's about yep. paperwork, and yes, it's a it's a long process of paperwork. So yeah, okay. but so, it's more like doable you, than the process in America. Yeah, go ahead. So, like, if you paid your way on the plane to go there, and you didn't have all your paperwork, you have to turn around and pay your way back home. No, no, they paid for me to go back to New York. I had to pay my way back to Texas, though. So oh, they okay. paid for me to re-enter America, and that's it. <laughs> you know, they they say, we'll send you back to your country where you're from, but we're not sending you back to your exact home. You know, you have to figure out how to get home after that. So, yeah, and that was a, that was a hard week. <laughs> so, I can't imagine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's, yeah. the, the next question is, tell us what your mission is there. And you may have, you probably already touched on that, but do you have any more words on that? Well, I feel mission? like, I feel like God has put me in a place where in Literally, in, in the reality I'm in right now, well, it's the reality that anyone will see is, you know, I'm in a city where it's a limited amount of Christians here, you know. People don't know about the full word of God. People don't incorporate it into their lives. I feel like my mission here is to show that through me and my children, to show that through our actions and our life, that God wants you to involve all of him and not just half of him. Because that's a lot of problem that goes on here in Israel with the Jews and a lot of the he- a vast majority of the Hebrews is that they don't accept Christ for who he is. They just think, well, he was a prophet of his time and we have prophets of our times and that's it. But in reality, that's not what it says. That's not what the word of God says, you know, and we say 
as Hebrews, majority of the Hebrews say that they live by the word of God and you can't live by the word of God and then take half of the word away and throw it in the trash as if uh, that part was written and, you know, that really, that's not for real, it's not true. You can't live like that. You know, you, you either live for God all the way or you don't live for him at all. And he says that. He says it better be, it better be hot or cold than lukewarm, you know. So everything that I get involved in, people like here, people know for a fact when they see me walking, oh, that's the Christian. It's not, I don't say it. I don't have to say anything for them to know who I am. They just look at my actions. They look at my behaviors. They're like, she doesn't act like nobody here, you know, because the mentality of Israel is like, if you do for me, then I'll do for you. And that's really the honest truth about being in Israel. That's how many people think here. You know, they are kind. They can be nice, but it's really on a you-do-for-me-I-do-for-you basis. It's not on a unconditional love. It was in my heart to do it, so I'm doing it for you. You don't have to worry about repaying it back. You know, it's the structure is built off of something else, like a give and take, not just, you know, you give. And because Christ put it there for you to do it or because God told you to do it, you know. And so I feel like my mission is to show people who Christ Jesus is, to remind them who Yeshua is. Yeshua, in, in Hebrew, Jesus Christ's name is Yeshua. You know, Yeshua of being sense, Yeshua of Nazareth, you know. And um, that's what I feel like I'm here to do because I'm placed in it. Literally, I'm in a city where it's limited, you know, for, yeah, I'm going to jump in here only only because of time. I'm trying to rush just a little bit because I want us to have at least 45 minutes to talk, so we're going to wrap this up no later than 945. We're way past. And those of y'all that's going to be brother, William B. and Don, please, please forgive us, but this is good, and, and this is um, it's not like – so y'all just bear bear with us, okay? Every once in a while, we'll go over. Okay. It's no big deal. Uh, but, uh, Charity, you, there's one – in Dolly's question, what is your mission? I just want to share something real briefly. Charity may not thought to do this because she probably don't want to bring a lot of attention to herself, but they had a problem with the youth, a, a, a little problem, well, a big problem. When the, when the, the Kifar, when the Kafar decided to to uh, give in to the demands of the children and get the Internet, radio, uh, and uh, TV, because they want to keep that outside media because that's where a lot of hell come through is those lines. They started having all kinds of trouble with their youth. And I'm sure they had trouble before, like youth is youth, but they really started having yeah. trouble with a lot of sexuality, pregnancy, and stuff like that. It just got crazy. Charity came on the scene, and then here she was talking about Jesus. Okay, now they believe in Yeshua, that he came to the earth, but they don't believe he was born of a virgin. Uh, they think that's Greco-Roman, da 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 The long story about that. And so Charity yeah. got into big confrontations, not disrespectful confrontations, but it landed her in front of Ben-Amin. Now, let me tell you how hard it is to meet Ben-Amin. I told you all about people like Wendy Houston, Bobby Brown. I talked about Blair Underwood. I talked about NBA. Uh, Ahmad Stoudemire, who's doing a lot there in Israel. Now, um, I'm sure. Anyway, these kinds of names, a lot of these people have not been to me. But they brought charity in front of Ben and me because it was, she caused such a stir. Mm-hmm. And they kept saying things. Just, just hit on that really quick, Charity, mm-hmm. about what the young, some of the older people were saying about you and what you was doing. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Um, 
when I first got, well, every year that I came, you know, it was always a new member of the of the head physicians talking to me, uh, meaning the Kohanes, which is the priests, or the Nasiks, which are the prince, the princesses, the princes and the princesses of the nation. So they would, you know, talk to me and they would tell me, you know, well, you need to go do your research because they just couldn't believe the fact that my mind hadn't changed from the first year. They thought that, you know, this kid is going to come. We can change her mind. She's going to be in the nation real quick and easy. Because that's how they, you know, that's how most people do when they come. And so, anyway, when I came, I questioned everything. I said, okay, well, y'all say that this is this, or you say that Christ wasn't born of a virgin, but it's written in the Bible. And then they said, well, you need to go study that. You need to go find that. You need to research that, you know. And I got, and for researching and coming back with the same answer, which was he was born of a virgin. There's no difference, you know. It's nothing. You can't cut that out. It's it's real. Every Basically, every information they gave me, I researched it. Everything they told me to look for, I did, and they were shocked at that. And, uh, you know, that's when they said, okay, well, she really needs to go talk to our leader because now she's, she's not understanding how this is working. She's not understanding how they warped her mind to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah and he's not, you know. So it was a... Uh, it was a lot that I dealt with from the head leader to where it was. It had got to the point where they didn't even want me around their kids. Like, that's how bad it got towards me, to where they were telling me, like, we don't even want you around our youth like that. Don't talk to our teenagers or nothing because you're going to influence them the wrong way. You know, they were scared that I'm going to teach them about Christ the right way, and I'm going to educate them about the Bible and really what it says, you know. And so, uh, yeah, and that's what landed me in front of him. And so when I got in front of him, we talked about those things. We talked about, you know, when I was asking those questions, he, my main question that I asked them that they could never answer was, if Christ Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, then why come in the Bible it says Joseph never laid with her until after she had the baby? They could never answer that. They never had an answer for it. They never looked, nothing. You know, they just got angry and, it was a lot, <laughs> a lot of controversy there, you know. Well, um, well, Charity, you know, well, Charity yeah. let's do this. I want you to do uh, just make final words to everybody. Again, y'all, we're going to have to do a whole other show on blacks in, in, in Israel. I know it's good. I can hear it out there, especially <laughs> something Donna was saying. <laughs> it's, it, 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 yeah. it's a journey, I'm telling you. There's so much charity is not hitting on a lot of experiences, especially well, dealing with the Israelis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Israeli. What we didn't tell them, Charity, hold that thought. What we didn't yeah. tell them, Charity, is about the Israelis that come to the Kafar and that are taught. Now, we don't agree with Charity and I and Billy, who's passed away. We would stand up. Anybody in my group was always pro-Christianity. So we've always disagreed with them on Christ. Again, they believe he came. They believe in, in a lot of the miracles. They just believe that the great Romans came came behind and put a lot of their influence on Christianity, and they try to subtract the great Roman, which is born of a virgin, all this stuff, and that's why they had trouble. So we right. will always uh, give them grief with that. But however, let me get some straight. They are sharp <laughs> as a tack on anything regarding the law, anything regarding the prophets. I remember there was about nine pastors that came there. And I've never seen pastors, never seen pastors so unequipped 
to handle those people in just friendly debates. It was they are very sharp, but something is just with Christ, they kind of miss it. Go ahead, Chair. I want to throw it in. <laughs> okay. Um, I do have a final thought to share, and it was about um, the the thing that, no, it was about Toby Radcliffe, who I wrote you about earlier before I came on the show. Um, she was okay. a military woman. Who, she was a military young girl. She was about 19. Okay, hold on. For some reason, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. For yeah. some reason, you're a little bit fading in and out, and somebody just raised their hand. I see you, Eric Code 559. I'm coming at you. So we have a question. This will be the time to ask Charity a question, family and friends. If you have a question or comment, this will be the time to ask. But go ahead with what you're saying, and then we'll take this question. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to inform you guys that, that I'm also involved in the Justice for Women campaign. And she was, because she was murdered on her base, but they're saying that it was suicide. And the way that the murder happened, it was impossible for her to be, for it to be suicide. I'm talking about it because she was a part of the nation. She was a part of the Hebrew Israelites, and she was from Dimona. So um, we're trying to get the word out for everybody over there in America to share, everybody here in Israel to share. Hello? Can you hear me? Hello? Uh, I'm okay. here, maybe we are set. Oh, I'm here. Hello. Who's saying hello? Can you hear me? Me, that's Charity. Hello? Charity is saying hello. Uh, okay, let's see. Is, is he there? Yeah. I thought I heard him. No. Okay. I heard him, and then he just kind of finished. Oh, me too. Uh-oh. Okay, go ahead you and, and you were talking about a lady. Okay, okay. Anyway, um, I'm trying to get the word out about her and the fact that we're doing a petition and we're also raising money. So we have a GoFundMe website for it's called GoFundMe Justice for Toby. And I'll send you guys the link. Uh, I'll send it to Uncle Seth that he can share with everybody. And I'll send it to the families as well so that y'all can have the information on her case. So I wanted to share that before I got off the phone with you guys. Because it's almost okay. 6 in the morning and my daughter will be waking up in a little bit. <laughs> so, okay. Anyway. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, okay. So I'm only going to ask you. Oh, there he is. Okay. I got disconnected. Sorry okay. about that. I'm on my landline now. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Go ahead, darling, whatever you was doing. I think was handling the last question. Well, I was just going to ask for the last question. Oh, okay. Well, hold on. Uh, any okay. Let's go ahead and go to the phone lines. And, Charity, if you have any more with, uh, final remarks, just do it after this. Okay. Erico 559-276. Erico 559-276. Go ahead with your question or your comment. Okay, someone at area code 559-276. Go ahead with your question or comment. Okay, somebody must have had a question or comment. I'm going to leave that line open for for a second. Uh, But anyway, Charity, go ahead with your final, and then we're going to go back to 559-276. Maybe they just want to wait to the restroom or something. I get that all the time. But go ahead with your question and comment. Okay. Did you? I mean, mean your final um, thought. My final thought, okay. Um, 
Did you hear my last comment about uh, Toby Radcliffe? At all? No. Yeah. Well, they heard okay. you. They heard you. We've talked about it before. Okay. Okay. Good. Okay. Well, okay. I, well, I'm glad that I was able to be on the show today. Um, and it was a very lovely show, and I enjoyed everything about it. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for involving me. And thank you for reaching out family way across seas over here in Israel. Well, uh, we still let you I hope that because... I can do it again. <laughs> After well, the eventually, we, like I said, we want to do a special. One of these days we want to do a show, and the whole thing will be about it. Because I feel like we're not doing it no justice, to be very honest with you. It's so much stuff we can cover. But oh, man, that well, girl, yeah, that there's a lot killed. of stuff that we can talk about, but it's just not enough time. Because, like, if, we, if it was like a five-hour show, then, you know, we could talk forever about Israel. There's a lot of things right. that we can cover. Right. So I would love to be on the show about just Demona itself because I have a lot of information on Demona too. And just right. Jerusalem, period, because I go there a lot. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, let me just say this. Let me say this. And, folks, if you get, uh, we're coming up on 10 o'clock, so remember, after 10, you cannot call the show. So hang on the line. If you get disconnected, call back real quickly before 10 because after that, we uh, we got another segment coming up here shortly. Uh, I just want to say about the girl that got killed. That's why I don't agree that that the Hebrews need to join the Israelis because the Israelis are part of God's judgment. I do believe those people are supposed to be in that land, but they're supposed to be in the land because God scattered his people to the four corners of the earth. Israel, true Israel, is scattered. They're not in the land. There's a small portion of y'all charity that's in the land. And I don't believe that's the that's the return of the Jews, as the Bible say, would happen. Because when that happens, Christ is soon to come, and they're not coming to serve the whites there. So I like the right. fact that that we have blacks there, and they're they're going to be the eyes and the ears when the the big remnant is, is does return. But just for the record. Uh, uh, that's what I think, and that's why I don't think they're supposed to be in Israel, and that's why the young girl probably got killed, because it's just you just don't mix that. I don't agree with how they treat the people in the Gaza. I don't believe those people are from Israel. The Bible says it's very clear in Revelation 3 and 9, 2 and 9. I know those who say they are Jews and a lot, but other synagogues of Satan, I believe that they're part of that. I think we are the true Israelites, and thank God for you being there. Right. Hopefully family will come and connect with you on Facebook, and many will come to start to go there, but I don't believe a big return has happened yet, but Charity, you're a blessing. You're a yeah. bold one. If anybody in the Azalee family is going to go there and stand up to what you stood up to, it has to be you. So thank you. God bless. I'm proud of you. Okay, niece, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank All you. right. I love well, you guys. Anyway, you Y'all have a good day. Thank you. We will. Man. We will. Now, give me uh, a Hebrew uh, Hebrew uh, farewell or Hebrew goodbye or Hebrew see you later. <laughs> okay. Lahidra Oath and Lila Tov and Yoshma, I say have a good day. Sheye Lexing Yamsov. All right. Well, thank you. My husband is away, so he says bye to everybody too, and he loves y'all too. <laughs> All right, I know he's getting ready to go to work. So thank y'all for doing the interview, and yeah. I'll talk to you later. God bless. All right, thank you. Bye. <laughs> Darling, you still hanging on there? I'm here. Okay. You... All right, folks. Well, listen, there you have it. There you have it, and uh, I'm so glad we was able to do that. Uh, Charity, uh, I know it was a lengthy interview, but, again, there's a lot going on there, and she is not 
you know, different country, different group of people she's around. She's not around family like we got it, family. She's around a different kind of family. She has her husband's people there, but it's kind of lonely sometimes being in a nation where you don't know and don't have the kind of blood people that you grew up with. And so I know there's a lot of loneliness there, probably not loneliness, but I'm sure she's busy with the, all of the youth there. But anyway, folks, listen, tonight, last week we talked about the African-American uh, church, and we like to uh, continue that. Y'all, please be patient. You know, there's two rules. We got to be patient uh, on the show uh, with us. So I know we went over a little, but we're still, it's now is that time to talk about the church. Uh, some good things and some bad things. I want to not waste another minute. I want to go ahead and go to the phone lines and bring on William B. Uh, Eric code 210653. I'm going to let him make the first comments about what we're doing. Um, but let's just go ahead and bring him on right about now. Okay, Mr. William B. Johnson, all the way in San Antonio, are you there? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm here. Uh, it's just that time-wise, uh, I have some limitations, though. I really... I uh, didn't think that it would be getting off quite this uh, quite this late. So I don't know if we can do the topic justice at this point, really, but perhaps we can try for no. a while if you want. Yes, I think we should, and I think every we already hit it, William, last week pretty hard. We talked about uh, some of the challenges in the church. This is just part two. We probably could have wrapped it up last week to tell you the truth. But I just thought we'd go ahead and bring it on to part two because we got disconnected at 10.38. So we had about another 20 minutes, and now we got, what, 30 minutes? So I just want to wrap up what we started last week, if you don't mind. If you don't mind, I really appreciate it. Again, I I, I, I felt like that interview had to go that, that distance. Uh, probably should have just did charity and not this, but again, we only had 20 minutes left on the show mm-hmm. last week. If you missed the show last week, family, uh, William myself and Donald Jr. And Don, if you're in the house, press one. I don't think he's been going to be able to join us tonight, so it gives us more time, William. Uh, but if Don, if you're in the house, we'd love to bring you on because he had a lot to say last week. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, any other family members want to chime in, talk about this topic? Do you think African-American churches is meeting the needs of their people? Do you actually think it? If so, let us know. How, how is your church doing? We're talking about churches that's predominantly African-American. We're not talking about mixed churches where you got 40% African-American and white. We're talking about churches predominantly African-American. How are they meeting the needs of their people? Last week, William talked about finances, how a lot of these pastors are um, – well, not a lot of them, but his pastor specifically was talking about uh, addressing money, uh, how to handle your money, how to be faithful with your money. We talked about that. We talked about uh, greed in the church. We talked about how a lot of pastors are doing the right thing. Uh, they are serving God. They are bringing people to Christ. And we talked about how uh, some of the churches do have the miracles. We hit that a little bit. and uh, But we just want to talk about some of the challenges of these churches some of the challenges of these churches and william i'm gonna uh let's we're gonna play it do it like this i'll give you uh i'll give you the first uh well just go ahead and say three or four minutes of just sharing um anything any juice left in the tank from again last week we almost covered the whole thing we, we liked about 20 more minutes so what did you not say last week that you want to finish up with regards to some of the challenges you see in the church? Well, what I had in mind uh, this evening was to approach this through the eyes of John W. Fountain, 
who has written a paper entitled, I Love God, But I've Lost Faith in the Black Church. Now, this man is a black man, and he's professor of journalism at the University of Illinois at Champaign. And he has written uh, a paper that I believe shares a lot of the thoughts of many uh, black men uh, in America today. Uh, I had planned to simply read verbatim some of his thoughts, and then we could uh, uh, kick his thoughts around, if you will. Uh, to okay. describe him further, he's a grandson of a pastor. He's a licensed minister uh, himself. He has a uh, Pentecostal background, and those of us who have a Pentecostal background understand what he's saying. I grew up in a little church called Church of God in Christ. God in Christ. In Bryan, Texas, which is Pentecostal, he said he's danced in the spirit, spoken in tongues, proclaimed Jesus as Lord and Savior, and what have you. He attended every prayer meeting service that was, musical, the whole thing. But he says, yet I now feel disconnected, not necessarily from God, but from the church. So he has reached a point where he is expressing through his paper here, written in 2005, actually, uh, in very, very much a detailed way why he believed the way that he does. And he believes that somewhere along the way, the collective of black churches of the Christian faith, regardless of the church, he says, the collective uh, lost its meaning, its relevance. It seems to have no discernible message for what else the 21st century black male sold. Now, that's saying an okay. awful lot, of course. We're not talking all churches, and I'm sure family members understand that, but he is talking regarding the position of, I believe, of many black men in America today regarding the church. We love God, believe in God, but the church in many ways have distanced itself from the needs of black men. Now, many churches today, uh, if we visit the churches, we'll find it's uh, mostly women. And uh, nothing wrong with that, but there's a reason for that. It didn't used to be that way. It used to be men and women, but basically it's mostly women these days in many of the black churches, and there's a reason for that. And I'm not so sure the church is uh, better off uh, as as a result. But what he goes let me, on let me, to say let me, is, let me kind of chime in on that little comment you just made. I uh -huh. want you to keep going. I want you to keep okay. going. But why do you feel that is? Well, I mean, just kind of add a little bit to it. What, what, what else do you think the reason is for that? What, what most of uh, women? Church being lacking, women, lacking men in the church. Well, well, well the church, uh, you know, it's just certainly, it, it's, first of all, um, most of our pastors, many of our pastors are black men, you know, let's, let's just say that. That's the first thing. And men tend to know men better uh, in many ways than, than women do, I believe. In other words, we see the pastors as man like we are. He put his pants on one leg at a time, you know, just like we do. So black men aren't necessarily in awe of the pastor very often. I like to put it that way. I think people get the get the point. No, we we just see him as another man. And when he, uh, you know, we, we you know the, the 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 worshiping the man situation and some of the rest of it, the average man is just not inclined to do that because we're, we're men too. So I think that has worked its way through this situation over the years, and the way that many of the uh, leaders have uh, conducted themselves haven't helped the situation. So the men just have chosen in many cases to just simply stay home, mow the lawn, wash the car, something to that effect uh, as a result. And, and that's kind of a, uh, a short analysis of it, but that 
that's my view, I believe, and I suspect that uh, there are others who can uh, testify to that as well. That, that That's what I think is going on, but perhaps this is a temporary state of affairs. I, I certainly hope so, but uh, who well, knows? I, I actually I want I, I want to kind of let you run with it a little bit more tonight than last time, William. But I do want to kind of chime in on what something you just said. Mm-hmm. You said men know men a little bit more. Okay, a little bit better. Uh, I and, and remember those of you on the phone lines. It's ten o'clock, so stay on the phone lines. Don't move around. Y'all get disconnected. You have to call somebody that's on list of the show. You will not be able to call back and hang up. It's ten o'clock. Hold on, this block talk doing this thing again. Hold on, folks. Hold on, hold on one second. It happens every once in a while. It does that. It has nothing to do with me. It's just block talk will blow up the music. But listen, folks, I love what William B. just said. I think a lot of black churches back in the day when they was addressing civil rights and they was addressing things that that men, the protectors, that's what our primary goal is to protect, protect, protect women, not to nurture, nurture, nurture. Y'all know that you've heard it all your life. Well, when the church stopped preaching and stopped being active in things that protect us from things like racism, and that's a big one. I mean, that's huge because most of our pain seem like has something to do with other people trying to take from us. And there's those of us that take from each other. I understand that. But when the church quit doing things that don't protect its people, you're going to lose men. When church don't preach on racism or do something about racism, you're going to lose men. When the church don't talk about whatever it is that is plaguing us for real, you're going to lose the men. If the church is saying, talking about something that consoles, make you feel good, that's really true. It can be straight up scripture. You're gonna you're gonna get some men, but you're gonna you're gonna get women. It's just the truth. I mean, I'm telling. I mean, this is how I look at it. Again, I'm like William. He made his comment. I'm making mine. I just when I don't want to go to a church, when I lose interest in a church, let's speak for me, okay? After all, I can only speak for me. When I see churches that don't have grit, that are not out there, you know, involved, they don't have to be involved in every single ill that's out there. They don't have to be. But when I see them sitting on the sideline and they just would like to stay within the four walls, they don't even want to get out there and win souls, that's when I start to lose interest. Now, I look like we have Donald Jr. just joining us now, so let me go ahead Eric Code, I didn't see his number. His hand was not up. Hopefully, you don't mind joining us tonight. Don Jr., Eric Code, 817625. Donald Shaw, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Don. There you go. Uh, did you press one? I didn't see your hand up. Yeah, I did. Okay. All right. Well, sorry about that. We got you on the line. And I think you're a little noise in the background, so just tell everybody you're on live and that we're swinging. So, Don is going to hopefully chime into this same question. But that's what I think it is. I have to agree with William. I have to agree with what he just said. I, I'm just saying a little different, but we're saying the same thing. It's just, you show me, a, let me tell you why Louis Farrakhan is the biggest, most feared name in the church, in the black church. You think, why do you scared of Louis Farrakhan? There's some pastors scared of Louis Farrakhan. He's the most feared name. When I told people I went to the Million Man March, they looked at me like I was from Satan. I mean, 
But the reason <laughs> is he's just the flip side opposite of most pastors. Now I yeah. think he can he lacks to me what a lot of the what a lot of the pastors are or how they're drawing a lot of the women. I think he need a little bit more. Some of the things pastors talk about, you know, but I do think that man right there got America's number. He deals with racism. He deals with racism in the schools, racism in church, racism in, in, in international, uh, just you name it, wherever it is, he's dealing with it. Now, he may not be dealing with according to kingdom principles, but he at least saying it, and black men is of no shortage in following him. And so I was intrigued by that. That's one of the reasons I was a part of the two million men that that showed up in Washington. So this is where I think the church is. Don, I'd love to hear you chime in on that. Why? Why? And, and, and William was answering a bigger question, but he just happened to mention this. Why don't black men go to church? You think? I don't think that that's correct. I mean, more than women, more than women. We know they're there, but but why is the church vastly women? So when, when you grow up, you want that TV off. <laughs> there are more women in the church than men, primarily because men are more independent than women. Then, too, you have to like this. The church was designed to be a spiritual okay. organism as opposed to a social or political organism. But in the real world, you have to incorporate it all because the church needs to meet each of the people. But men in general are not going to be impressed with the leadership unless the leadership is meeting the needs of the people. And now that right. okay. that goes back on the man's preparation, whether he's truly called by God, his education, his social skills. But God knows who he puts in the leadership position, but it's up to that particular person to do the right job. But I really believe that there are more men involved in church than what society gives credit for. Most men are involved in the background. They're not always in the forefront, but they're there. Well, no. Well, well, well I want I want to comment on just that, and William, I want we're gonna come back to you because you was had the floor uh, there. This is just little side roads, okay? We're gonna try to give everybody, you know, give you guys more time than we did last time. I'm gonna try my best to do that. But Don, when I go to churches, especially African American churches, which is what we talk about, we're not talking about the overall church. It seemed to me, for every woman, for every woman, for every Six women as a man. So if they have a vote on anything, it's going to be swayed by the women vote. It's going to be swayed by women. Whatever they think, hopefully they're women of God, then there will be women of God voting. But if they're emotional, that vote is going to go emotional. If they're spiritual, that vote is going to go, it's going to be women leading the church if they do a democracy-type setting. Okay? And I know what you're saying. There are men. In these churches, yes, they are, and they love God, and you can't you can't deny that. But we're talking about an institution that once had fifty, probably fifty. There's no such thing as men not going to church. They was because the church was so active, especially back in the '60s. I mean, it was unheard of. Wife go, the man go. Now we got this thing going on. So 
it's a problem. It really is a problem. It really is a problem. It's been for a long time, and I don't know what the answer is. And, Don, you gave a very good insight, uh, like William's insight as well. So, uh, William, go ahead, and I'm going to come to Don on the next uh, question okay. here. Yeah, I, you know, you, you mentioned with the Million Man Mars. I, so did I. So, And I, that was a little story behind when I went. When I went to the Mars, my pastor, I was a member of the Frederick Lorenz Baptist Church at the time, I think your cousin Emma's on the other phone laughing or doing something. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, but the pastor wasn't, uh, he didn't approve of, uh, of, of going to the march. I mean, he had a problem with Farrakhan, like many yeah. uh, Baptist black preachers do. They just they just heard what other people said about him, and they certainly just hated gut just for that reason. But uh, being myself, uh, I, I chose to do what I thought was appropriate, so I, I went. I was there October 16, 1995, when two million of us uh, uh, was on the mall that that, uh, that day, and I, I'll i never experience another day like it. I'll never forget that day uh, among all those I'll black never. men, and uh, it was just you could just feel and sense the love among black men on that day like I'd never felt before. I mean, black Ever men prior to that had always had some friction and what have you, but on that day, we were brothers on the mall together, no matter where you were from. And I, it was beautiful. Uh, it really and, was. And I want to anyway, ask you a question about that. I yeah. want to ask you a question yeah. about that again. This is what you just said. I want to chime on something you just said. Uh, I have never met a person that went to the Million Man March that say different than what you just said. Okay. I've never met a man that say, oh, that's like the second most powerful thing I've been to. Never. Mm. Every man <laughs> I ever met that went there say it was yeah. the most powerful event. I don't been yeah. to 24 countries. I don't seen uh, seven con what they say, the seven wonders of the world. Uh, I yeah. wonders is it, seven? I don't seen seven, six yeah. of them. I don't seen six of them. I can't, nothing can touch the Million Man March. I don't see the Great Wall of China. I don't see the Taj Mahal. Nothing can touch. When I come up, I, let me tell you what happened real quick. Then we're going to bring on Don, give him the floor mm-hmm. just like we're giving you. I was told Farrakhan is a Muslim. You're a Christian. You're about Christ. How you look aligning yourself up with, with Islam? So I got convicted. Mm. I didn't go. They said, what you need right. to do, you need to go join Jake's because Jake's is having a counter march in Atlanta, Georgia. I said, oh, you I know see. what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go hear Jake's. So I went to Jake's march, and I'm not going to lie. We had a time. We parted. Mm. I mean, we shouted. We danced. Mm-hmm. Everything was cool until Jake's did his march. He had a counter march. Okay. Jake's march oh. from the convention center to the uh, trying to do what Farrakhan did. And when he did, T.D. Jakes mm-hmm. always go first class. That was okay. the worst march I had ever seen. Cops hmm. were in the middle of the march. They were supposed to be in the back patrolling us, protecting us. They was, okay. It was people coming out late. They told us, don't move till we come and tell everybody to move. Everybody left. It was just so unorganized. And I, I remember feeling in my spirit. This ain't right. Mm. Something ain't right about this march. Now, we just got to have in church, but this ain't right. So I was yeah. on my way home from that march with Jake, uh, William, speaking okay. of your experience of the Million Man March, and all of a sudden mm. I saw C- C-SPAN, and I saw all those black men. 
And, uh, you know, I work for the airline, so I don't have to go through all the process everybody else does. I just say I want to get on the plane, show my ID, and just check in. So I told the little lady, I say, listen, where is the next flight going to D.C.? She said, you know what, there's going at gate such and such. I said, can you get the little cart for me? She caught a little mobile cart. I gave her my name, and as the cart was coming off, she put me on the flight, and I went to D.C. When I came up out that, that, that mall, I come up in that mall area. Hmm. That's when it started for me. I've never seen nothing like it. Nobody's sitting down. They're standing. No, no, not at all. For hours and hours. But the best yeah. moment, I'm going to go ahead and and, and uh, switch it to Don. The best okay. moment is when yeah. Farrakhan said, everybody, reach over and hug your brother. Yeah, and that sure hugging that went on for like 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. Everybody said yeah. that was the most touching part. Yeah, no question so, yeah. about it. Yeah, but, you know, the church still had issues with that. And I'm like this. Don't hate the player. <laughs> they say, don't hate the player, hate the game. I ain't going to say that. I'm just going to say, learn from the man. Learn why he getting all those black men. Maybe challenge some of the things he talk about. Don't because uh, God will use a donkey if that donkey will yeah. obey. And I think the church has been flat out disobedient when it comes down to protecting their people against racism, against you know a white Jesus. You know you know you know better than that. You you yeah. disobedient with 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 the way you're handling. Uh, you know so it's just it's it's a lot of our uh, uh, leaders have just dropped the ball. In allowing white supremacy to come into our churches, and you know, uh, uh, anyway, so much for that. Yep. We beat that. To the, we beat that really good. So let's go to Don. It's another question right. I want to uh, I want to put out there. And Don, I give you about four or five minutes if you don't mind. Um, we're talking about the state of the African American church, and uh, what kind of challenges you see, Don? You think that is again we're dealing with challenges. We know there's a lot of good things. A lot of ministers are obedient. They are doing what God told them. They are out there winning souls. I see them. I do see them. Yes, I do. Knocking on doors, passing out tracks, feeding the hungry, getting out there. I see them with the little speakers. I'm talking about in Fort Worth now. I can't speak for where y'all at. There are some ministers out here. Most of them are small. There's some big churches. Let's not hate on the big churches. A lot of them are going and doing some big things to reach souls in a kind of a unorthodox way. You know, you got the movie playing where they have they bring in people to watch movies and regular regular Hollywood movies in these big churches. And then at the afterwards, they have an altar call. They talk about Christ, and they they're very very shrewd with how they do it. So it's a lot of people are doing the right thing, but the vast majority of the churches. I see. I see a lot of challenges. But, Don, I would love to know, Donald Shaw, what's on your mind in terms of challenges in the African-American church? Well, there's a whole lot of stuff to cover, man. Realistically speaking, um, there's no one challenge that you can touch bases with. What I've hear and feel coming from you is that that the men are falling by the wayside, so to say. And it's the truth. A lot of men have lost interest in the church, but it's not the church in general. A lot of men have lost touch with God. And when you lose touch with God, the church becomes more social than spiritual. Hmm. At the end, I mean, you have to just 
just call it like it is. If 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 a man doesn't have a foundation with God, church is just a habit form of thing. I mean, we go, we get our praise on, we go listen to the choir saying, the preacher sounded good, but did you get a message out of that, you see? And then, too, if men would stand up and be men, our black society would be better anyway. We would personally <clears throat> fight racism in, from the inside out. Because we see it in our everyday walk of life. And the church cannot just come out and battle politics like the secular world do. Then we become more secular and less spiritual. But if we battle racism on our knees, we can dispel a lot of the issues that we have in our communities. And I'm not just trying to say that we have to be all spiritual because you cannot be spiritual all time. All day, all day long, because you live in the real world. But God gives you intellect, ability, strength, and power to fight the real natural world from a spiritual perspective, and you can overcome your enemies wherever they may be. But men are falling by because falling by the wayside are not being as aggressive in church leadership is because in the church, like in the secular world, corruption comes in, and when corruption comes in, that's the spiritual battle. People begin to lose interest. If the finances are not dealt with properly, then you have an issue there. But if people can visually see, and most of us are visual learners, growth and development in the church and understand the uh, business Don, of the church. Are you there? Let me ask you something before you move on, because I see you kind of moving on a little bit from something you said earlier. Just a quick little interjection. You said when they see the social ills, and they need to deal with it in the spirit on their knees. Now, are you saying Montgomery boycott shouldn't have happened? These were the churches out there forefront. Martin Luther King Jr. was a minister. Churches didn't like him. They tried to act like they was all down with Martin, but they thought he was a troublemaker many times. They told him, leave our city. You're just coming here with all that racism. So we're getting along with us white people, with these white people. So, but he was a minister, and he <coughs> motivated, mo- mo- he, he, Immobilize the church. You you don't agree, don't, you don't agree with that? No, no, I didn't say that. By no means do I discredit the pioneers uh, of the civil rights movement. By no means, especially Dr. King. Because God don't have, He doesn't deal with cowards. Men should not be afraid of anything, especially if they're godly men. Because, see, the word says, I give you not the spirit of fear, but a little power and sound mind. And uh, the Crusades is an example. We can, we can use historical events to see how uh, God has used the church to fight the ills of the world. Now, the church needs to deal with politics. I don't think you need to deal with politics. Well, well, I'm just trying to clarify something you said earlier, because you said, let's pray. Now, you are right. We definitely need to get on these and get directions. But I don't think our direction. Sometimes he do he do like he did with uh, Jehoshaphat. Just pray, praise, sing your praises out front, and they put the praises out of front instead of some 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 fighters, and the fathers slew the enemy where they hadn't didn't have to raise a, a hand. Sometimes prayer is all you need. It's always needed first, but sometimes praying is going to take care of it all by itself. Nothing else needs to be done. But sometimes prayer means you're going to get some instructions, and some instructions could mean boycott. Like William B. was saying last week, you know, watch how you do your money. 
you know where to triple your money. Why are you not tripping your money? I mean, I'm just saying when you pray, you got to get up at some point and go out there. And what you might do, don't you think some of that may appear to be militant? It's, it, it, it depends on how you what you consider militant. Personally, I don't think God expects you to just pray and don't put no action. Amen. I mean, I wouldn't just say, God, stop this truck from running over me, and I stand right there in front of the truck, and I got common sense to get up out the way. And if I couldn't move, I don't doubt God could stop that truck, if that be his will. But God don't don't want us to sit back and let the enemy run over us. you got to take a stand. You have to take a stand for that which is right. And it may cost you your life. Okay. But at the same okay. time, you got the protection of God, and if you use the wisdom of God and the direction of God, and it's really the direction of God, uh, the end results will be positive, even though it may appear in someone's eyes that it's not positive, or that, oh, they're losing the balance. It's not so. Because if okay. you look at, if you look at, I, I know I need to hurry up, but if you look at what Martin Luther King did, how he started the great move of the civil rights movement. I even look at people like Malcolm X, and I look at what he did, and when he went to Mecca, and how he was transformed, and and how the cultural differences dispelled a lot of the embedded racism that he had. And and if you begin to just look at how God uses people of different backgrounds and ethnicities, we can see that it's all in the divine plan of the Creator for us to overcome the wickedness of the world. Uh, Amen. Uh, Pastor Slaughter wanted to have a word if, if there's possible. Well, well if hold it. on a second. Hold, we can do that, and I would love for her to have a word. But uh, how should I do this? Well, then we ran out of time. Hear from yeah. Robbie. Hold on a second. I want because I want to know what William has to say about that. Well, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm gonna go ahead and bring mm-hmm. on in Robbie. William, do me a favor. Hold that thought because I got a big okay. one to ask you about your Pentecostal background. And it's going to take right. you about four or five minutes to answer this question. But I want to hear what uh, my Aunt Robbie and y'all's cousin, Robbie, want to say. Uh, go ahead, Aunt Robbie. Okay. Um, How are you doing tonight? I'm fine. How are you? I'm sitting there just about to fall asleep because I, I heard you talking about the church. And uh, I couldn't help but hold on until I got a chance to say just a word. You got a chance. Uh, I see. I've been in the ministry fifty-one years, and uh, I discovered a lot of things, seen a lot of things, heard a lot of things, and I've been through a lot of things. And one of the things that that, that we we got, we first need to know is the church, the real church. Now, the real church is in the hearts of men, not in the building. And then, and, 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 and another thing is, I've observed that uh, uh, many are called, but God can't use all of this stuff that say they call. The scriptures say many are called, but a few are chosen. That's just like a, in my house, I got six children, but all of them can't do what I want done. I have one or two that can actually do what I want done. And then another thing is this. Uh, since I retired, I, I, I've really been confused about some things. But one of the things is we don't believe the word, and uh, and we don't have the faith to believe the word. 
because it, with God, all things are possible. But I do notice this. There's a great falling away because the word says it's going to be a great falling away. And the, the, the great falling away is because we don't believe what we read. And a lot of people, are not, uh, like I said, many are called, but a few are chosen. I, I listen to a lot of them, and it seems like to me they just decide to tell a story on Sunday morning. But you see, That's if true. you don't have anointing, the anointing is what breaks the power and, it, 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 and that the people might be blessed. People come to church to be, it's like going to a hospital. You don't go in the hospital to visit the, you know, the, just to visit, be there for the nurses to come in and the doctors to, you know, the experiment. You come in to get well. And every one of us go in when we, if we, if we, if we really did, concerned about the will of God, our, the will is that we be saved and be healed because of what we believe. And and I discovered this and. And and I watch some things that I ask God a question because I don't understand what's going on now. There's a lot of stuff going on that I don't understand. And and if God blessed me the way He blessed blessed me in the ministry, I pastored seven churches for thirty seven years, and I got twelve ministers out there that have been converted. Not they didn't decide to go. They some hard hitting preachers. But what I'm I'm trying to say is this. That I ask God, what's what's really really wrong? Why is it the church is like it is? And He let me know that that it's it, the reason is because some of them, some of the churches are religious. The people are religious, and 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 they, they don't have a relationship. There's a difference between religion and a relationship. See, you go to work, people go to work religiously. You'd be surprised what some of the reasons some people come to church because you gave them certain offices. They ain't never done nothing before. And it makes them look good to be the, the president of the Missionary Society. Like I said, I pastored for, for 37 years and I've been watching people, and I've watched people. Just because you, the, you know, the president of the Missionary, the usher, all these kinds of people come for different reasons. But God let me know that that His desire is that we have a relationship with Him, and, and that and in that relationship, if whatever time of night you wake up, you can talk to Him. And if and in the morning, when I, while I'm cooking breakfast, sometimes I talk to Him. And it, it, it does, okay, I'm sorry, I don't mean to run take up your time, baby. But uh, the the Lord said that's the reason the church is like it is because. If you got people in that religion with religion and not a relationship, and God want a relationship with each and every one of us, and if and I tell anybody, if you if you say you're a Christian and you ain't never heard nothing, you ain't never seen nothing, you ain't never felt nothing, and it's not all a feeling, you know. But if That's you haven't true. out of those three things, if you ain't never seen nothing. You ain't never felt nothing, and you ain't never heard nothing. You don't have nothing. <laughs> well, ain't Robbie, that's pretty good. And I don't think nobody listening to you is going to disagree because that's the problem. They don't have a we don't have a relationship because they don't know the Father. They don't know the Father because they don't know His Word. They don't know His Word because they go to churches where they're not hearing the but Word. The they're they're hearing motivations and different things like that. But listen, let me tell you about the relationship. Let me tell you about a relationship. 
I got you. I got you. Many a call. Well, listen, I got to move on. I got to move on because you know you you know you and I can go all night. I know you can go for days and weeks, but I want to just go ahead and uh, maybe you can come back on in a little bit after we get to some other questions, okay? Oh, baby, I'm going to bed, honey, and going to sleep. Thank you so much. Thank you for that wisdom. Thank you for that wisdom, and I know ain't nobody going to disagree that these people are religious. Well, they can if they want to. <laughs> well, well, thank you again. Always good to hear from you. All right, Mr. William B. Johnson, we forgot about you. I just had to give her the mic. Okay, you know, she's yeah, 80 well. years old, over 80 years old, and she definitely got something. Uh, I yeah, want to say, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, folks. Darlene, you had to go early, like the, and we didn't get a we didn't get a chance to tell y'all that. But anyway, William B. Uh, you like heard me yeah, mention him. You heard me mention that. That's what I was going to come at you next. What about these $5, $10 prayer lines? First, they have a $5 prayer line. Then some ch- now, I know some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Then they have a $10 prayer line. After a while, they have a $20 yeah. prayer It's all in one service. And then they'll say, well, those of you who really want God's blessing, the club got a $100 prayer line. Of course, these lines are getting shorter and shorter because the money's getting more and more. But every time they go up, the blessing get more. Folks, that's real. I done lived it a thousand times. Yeah. in so many churches. I got a dollar for every church I've been to, church service like that. Listen, here's another one. Pastors ask you to give your paycheck, sow in famine. Go ahead and sow like the, the, the prophet who, who the, the, asked the widow to give her her last, and she was blessed. Give us your paycheck. God will bless you. I can't get all these people talking about you can't go visit other churches. You know, you can't go read this. You can't do that. can't do this. Check it with me. And, and if you do go to somebody's church and they find out they make a public example of you when you come back to church in front of everybody. These are things going on in African-American churches. They're going on in a lot of other churches, too, though. This is not – some of it started in a lot of these white, small churches. Uh, here's a good one. Perpetual building fund. How is it every single church has a building fund. Now, some people have a building fund to take care of the yard and all that. I'm not talking about that. Some of my folks is trying to build a new building, and the church ain't even halfway full. So William B. was was raised somewhat in Pentecostalism, and I think yeah. he got some answers for us on this one. Prayer line oh, from you- Israel. Come on. You heard of that? Have you prayed for any? Have you seen anybody in the money for some prayer cloths from Israel? Well, you know, I, I certainly have. And, and hold on, hold on, William. Hold on, I'm sorry. Okay. Please forgive me. Uh, last week, folks, remember, Blog Talk shut off at 1038. I think it was my cell phone. I went out and bought a brand-new landline, and we're going to see. But it could be that Blog Talk is squeezing us now and saying, hey, y'all, enjoying this hour. That's really a grace period. But every week y'all taking it, so we got to shave y'all back. Maybe we don't know because my phone was a brand-new GS7. It shouldn't have dropped. And so we're trying this again with a brand-new landline. So just so y'all know, if the show dropped, it wasn't Brother Seth, your cousin Seth, William B. Don Jr. It was mm-hmm. Blog Talk, okay? But we're going to try to go push this thing as long as it'll go. Go ahead, William. Okay. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I, let me say first, I appreciate uh, Don and your cousin uh, Robbie and, and others who it's tend to have now. a point of view that they'd like to share, which may differ somewhat. Some of us are all saying some of the same things. I mean, we've been around long enough to have seen and heard enough to understand that we've got some real issues uh, with our with our black church today. 
personally, I think they become a little too uh, materialistic. You know, there's a little church here in town, I guess, 150, 200 members or so, and uh, I pass their time or two, and uh, there's a special parking place for the pastor. And uh, the members, I notice, they have, you know, trucks and Plymouths and Chevrolets and Fords and like that. That's what the members drive, but in his parking slot, guess what's there? A brand-new Cadillac. Now, I find that interesting that, uh, you know, that, that he is doing, you know, it, it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it's something about it just doesn't smell right, really. Uh, you know, I mean, a little church like that with modest people working hard for members, a living. How many members? How many well, members? Well, it's, it's, it's a guess on my part, but it's a small church. I would say 150. 200 members, you can, 200 you know. members, you can have a full-time salary on that, uh, William. 200 members, yeah. you can have a full-time salary if they're tithers. Yeah, yeah, well, well, well I, I understand you can do it, but still, there should be other priorities other than a brand new Cadillac for him and everybody else driving Chevrolets and Fords. I mean, it 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 just doesn't just doesn't send the right message. Why should it he? Don't. Why can't he be humble as the leader and the man of God and, and be reasonable? I mean, a place is priorities in a way. He doesn't need a 2016 Cadillac, but that's a, that's something that we as a people have allowed down through all the years. You know, we've allowed that, and now it's really almost have gotten out of hand in some place. That's just a small example, but uh, it, it, it is kind of part of the problem. Ten seconds. Ten mm-hmm. seconds interjection, because I want to hear what you got to say on that. I really okay. don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with – I don't even have a problem with Fred Price, who have 10,000 members driving a Rolls Royce. I don't think mm-hmm. it's wise. I don't think it's wrong. I just don't think it's wise. You're going to have people mm-hmm. like you. And others, that's going to say it don't look right. Like me, I agree with you. We're going to be saying it don't look right. You can do it, Pastor, but it don't look right. I have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Well, you know, a, a topic like this, you know, it, it's just something that uh, that, that really we, we see different things sometimes and place uh, more emphasis on one thing than we do another. But, okay. You know, that's okay. life. That's the way it is. But I'm sure we all agree that uh, our black church can do much, much better. And uh, any way that we as individuals, anything that we can do to help that move along, we'd be glad to do it. But uh, it really, and I see point, Erico 909. I see Erico 909. I have to interrupt you. You know, got that rule. I see Erico 909. I'm coming to you, but go ahead, William. Uh, you know, in 21st century, you know, there, there, there's greater needs in the church, and we just can no longer have business as usual and expect people just hang around. You know, and wait. You know, people are going to move on because people do have choices. There's a lot of uh, so-called uh, white churches, integrated churches today. That are, a lot of black people are going to those churches. Uh, you know, a lot yeah, of your yeah. professional black people. They're not hooking up with the little mm-hmm. black inner-city churches. They're joining up, putting that money out here with some of these other people. And there's a reason for that. Well, uh, let, so let me, we, let, we've got to really me. look at it in terms of survival of our churches. Just like survival of our schools have had to go through change. Our schools are, you know, we've, we've got the same challenge. Integration has just done a job on us in, in many, many, many ways, and that's another example, uh, really, that uh, integration hasn't helped in terms of uh, able to go other places and put that money in other well, uh, well, other locations. Let me do this, William, because we've got a phone call holding. I don't want these people to hang up on us. Okay. Area code 909-952. Uh, 
Eric code nine oh nine nine five two. We got this. We just whenever somebody has raised their hand, we like to get to them quickly. That's the only reason I interrupt. Sure. Just one second though. Nine oh nine nine five two. Go ahead with your question or comment for either of our guests. Hi, sir. Hello. Yes. Hi. Uh, this is Michael Wade. Um, I'm uh, Regina Douglas's husband, Baba's son-in-law. I know Bubba. who you are, Doctor Wade. We know who you are. <laughs> How you doing? How have you been? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. I was just listening to the the talk tonight, and um, it kind of brought back some memories for me. I, I know we were past the time, so I just wanted to kind of tell you my story real quick, or actually my mother's story. Uh, my mother has been a Christian all her life. Uh, she, into uh, her older years, she decided to join a smaller church because she knew a young man who was very dynamic, and he was opening a church. So she joined his church, and. Uh, for a couple of years, and uh, small story short, uh, they were renting their church, and he came to my mother one day and said, <laughs> Oh, Lord. He just dropped. Oh, did he? <sighs> yeah. Uh, um, I know some yeah. people is on the line that know him. I see... Uh, I see... Maybe let me try something. I don't want. I can't. I do not want to try and get disconnected because if I get disconnected, we lose the whole show. But uh, anybody that know, I know some people in California listen because I see your see your phone number. Maybe one of y'all can call him and 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 get him on the line. In the meantime, somebody else has raised their hand. Dag, I really want to hear what he said. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to go to Erico seven six zero nine eight four. Your hand is up. Again, y'all, please, those of you that know, know uh, Michael, try to three-way him in, and then uh, press one, and I'll bring both of you on the line, please. Erico 760-984, go ahead with your question for William or Don or myself. Oh, Seth, hi, this is Michael again. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. oh you're magic. Yeah, my, my, my other line got dropped, and, and my wife oh, was okay. listening on the phone. Sorry okay, great, right. great, great. Yeah, so, so she had joined the church, and um, and and she'd been with him for a couple of years. And he, he said that you know that the people that are running this church, to this old couple living up in uh, San Francisco, they want to sell a church to us, so we can buy it from them, we can stop leasing it, and we only need thirty thousand dollars. So my mother lent lent him the church, lent the church the money. She thought she was lending the money to the church. And uh, so over time, what happened was uh, there were three small black churches on, on a lot. Um, next to a mall. So it turns out that okay. the city wanted to expand this mall and that they were going to pay each church a large sum of money, at least a million dollars, uh, depending on the parcel. And uh, so the pastor ended up parlaying his, the $30,000 loan from my mother to a million dollars. And so basically he uh, got the money from the city. And uh, so these churches had to move. And um, so anyway, this pastor bought okay. some land from his father-in-law, started building a church. He started seeing a little uh, wooden frame going up, some of the black paper on the roof, and that was the end of it. That's all that ever happened. And uh, he ended up moving to Atlanta. Of all these three churches that got this money, there's only one church that actually built the church, and they're still going strong. Uh, the, wow. the other church, the third church, the uh, pastor mysteriously ended up dying. There's a dirt lot with a, a huge piece of metal. I don't know what, know what this metal iron thing is in the middle of it. 
but nothing ever happened. It's just the lots of sitting there empty. So, you know, this, this kind of, um, uh, you know, this kind yep. of affected me personally. And 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 so to this day, I I, I have to be honest. I'm I'm very leery of pastors. I I'm a Christian. I believe in God, but you know, I'm, I'm more of a Martin Luther man. I, I can't see myself having to go through a man to go to my God or Jesus. And uh, that's yes. how I feel about it. Yes, you're right about that. I appreciate <laughs> that. And it's not a slap in the face to pastors uh, because they have the Spirit of God. And I always say, people, no pastor teaches me. Uh, like I was saying, no pastor teach me. It, it, they bring up the topic, and then are y'all there? Can anybody hear me? Yeah, I yeah, I, I clicked over. Okay, but I it's like a pastor bring up the topic of loving your neighbor, and the Holy Spirit inside me says, "Yes, that's right." So who's the teacher? Pastor bring up, you need to give tithes, and the Holy Spirit say, "Yes, that's right." Who's really the teacher? Pastor bring up, some of y'all are. Have a spirit of pride. Spirit say, that's not right. Or that's not you. Or, you know, who's the teacher? So I look at the teacher just like Christ said. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide you to our truth. But why do we need the pastor then? Why do we need the teacher? Why do we need the evangelist? Because sometimes we can't hear the Holy Spirit for our own selves because we're so, everything is so loud. So I, I, I hear that story and it's kind of sad. I, I hate you have to go through that. Uh, but that's why we have in this show to talk about things like this and just to remember to not put our trust in man, but to respect these ministers, uh, uh, respect them. The Bible said, blessed, how how lovely are the feet of them, that, how lovely on the mountain are the feet of them that bring good news. It is a blessing to be called into ministry and to serve God's people and to bring that word, if you're living it, if you're close to the Father and you really is a, his mouthpiece. That is the highest profession on the planet. But just like I was telling someone, I think I was telling my, my Aunt Robert this a year ago, just like it's the highest honor, it also is the most corrupt place on the planet if they get it wrong. Because people are coming there with their heart in, in their hand, and they're ready. They, they're saying, "Lord, I want to worship." They in tears. They want to do what's right. And if you are a pastor or, or, or a minister, and you mistreat that person, give them misguided information, you work. That's got to be the. That's got to be the lowest. Lowest. That's got to be worse. That's got to be the most evil thing on the planet. It's got to be. What can, what can be worse than somebody going to a hospital and they poison them at a hospital now? You you ready to live for the Father, you ready to come to Him, and you go to a place that's supposed to clean you up and they poison you. So that's why I play around with the church in terms of I love them, I think it's the most powerful institution, but at the same time it can be the worst institution and experience you can possibly can experience. It really can be both. But Michael, Dr. Wade, I appreciate that. Do you have any other comments, any other stories like that? That was pretty good. Michael? Yes, Russ, I'm here. Do you have any other yeah, comments? I, I, I think you're no, – no, I think you're right. And I think I think part of, <clears throat> part of being a Christian and keeping your faith is the challenges that 
you do face in those kind of situations where um, your your you know your your faith is is challenged by you know people who are not able to uh, meet their challenge as far as leading. Amen. Yeah, and I just, I just, I thank, I thank God for your spirit. I don't hear where you really is dogging out that particular minister. You just saying it was unfortunate, and uh, I appreciate the spirit by which you asked that question. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, listen. I'm gonna go ahead and mute your line, and you want you want to press one so your hand will go down. If you want to come back on, we got another 15 minutes left in the show. You can come back on if if if, if there's time. I want to go back okay. to William B. Thank you, thank you, Michael, for your that was pretty good, pretty good, not good experience, but that was kind of sharing the light on what William and I are talking about right now. And Don, and Don, uh, Don, you still there, right? Yes, I am. Okay, William, go ahead and finish up what you were saying, cause yeah. uh, I just had to. Uh, I have to go ahead and let you uh, finish up what you were saying. Sure. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't really recall. It's good hearing from Michael, though. Uh, that's, that's, yes, uh, it is. Lynn's husband out in uh, California. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I was really just, I think, referring to the uh, materialistic uh, approach on the part of uh, many of our. Uh, supposedly our spiritual leaders, but uh, then they would say that, uh, you know, uh, nobody's perfect, so there's always an explanation when you catch a minister, uh, when they kind of get caught with a hand in the cookie jar, if you will, there's always, they have a pretty good answer for it, you know, I'm only human, and, uh, and, and God will forgive me, and that sort of thing, and people tend to hear that, and, you know, they can kind of do whatever, really, and and that's somewhat unfortunate, but that's sort of the way it is. But uh, uh, this is just uh, something that we need to just continue to uh, work on and pray about and see if we can eventually uh, get things straightened out in a way that uh, we all would be benefited by our various, uh, various ministers. But I think here and now today, though, they really should be doing more in terms of the... Uh, Serving the community at large. I mean, black people have lots of needs in this country, and we're supposed to be the most religious in the country. So uh, if we are and we have the right leaders, we should be able to put together some things that will work and improve the lives of the people who are in need rather than looking toward the government to do it all. Some of these churches uh, can do more, and I'm hoping that uh, in time, uh, they might do that, but I think the people will have to demand it. The loans of people are pleased and shouting and what have you, and uh, not paying any attention to uh, anything else. And I guess we get what we uh, what we deserve. And I guess there's nothing that anyone can say about that kind of system. But uh, it's a little past my uh, my bit. <laughs> I believe it. I appreciate it being. Being on the show, some thoughts uh, very much with uh, with the family, and uh, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of a guy that uh, likes to get some shut eye fairly early, usually. Well, well, William, I do want to thank you for just hanging on with me and Don. Is just going to go ahead and wait this wait it out. Okay. I see it was okay. my phone last week because they let us pass thirty, so it was my phone. 
I think Don was saying he couldn't hear me, so that's that sounds like a phone issue. Because Don said, Seth, you're breaking up. Next thing I know, we was done. So now I think about it, I guess it was my phone. But Don and I going to write it out. And you go ahead and get you some shut out, man. I thank you for coming on. And I, again, apologize for that long, lengthy interview with uh, Cherry. But I felt like he was uh, uh, merited uh, with her being there and you not having anybody uh, close, you know, to her. You know, it's kind of lonely sometimes. It's good to your family's way. But we... Thank you for, for, for again hanging out. And uh, Don, I'm coming to you right now, okay? So, William? Yes. Okay, William is gone. Don, you there? Yeah, I'm here, sir. I'm enjoying the show and I enjoy the comments. Okay, well, we're not wrapping up just yet unless you just got to run. Uh, we still got yeah. about nine minutes. I just wanted to ask a little bit of kind of chiming in on uh, something that uh, Dr. Wade or Michael uh, was talking about. Um, I think well, I think uh, I think I want to put this last question to you. Let me just put this last question to you, Don. Because um, I want to, we 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 did a good job. We pretty much covered all the questions on my page here. We did a very good job. Y'all have hit every single high point on this page. But I just want to ask you the last question. Those of us that have seen this deception in churches, like I said, those $10 prayer line, the $100 prayer lines, uh, the pastors just needing, you know, and, and then some of us go to these interracial churches that we think we're free, and it ain't over with because when you get there, you experience racism, you experience whites thinking, you know, I had one, one I, I used to go to most of my church life, I've been in interracial churches. And one of the things they would often say, a pay the devil is everywhere. He's busy everywhere. Don't think because you go around white people and you're in a big church, you escape. No, 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 no. You have to deal with the enemy no matter where you are. But here's some things that a lot of our people are experiencing even when they go to the race church. Because I would be thinking that all the black churches are just plagued with all these problems. I want to bring a balance here, Don, before we wrap this show up. A lot of our brothers and sisters, Don, I'm here and I saw with my own eyes, is experiencing racism in a lot of these churches. You hear things like, Oh, brother, God is getting ready to use you. You got the word, Don, you got the word all over you. The Lord is all over you. The Lord loves you, and he's all over you. And, and I know one day you're just going to, he's going to explode. He's telling you all this, and you might have been there 10 years. You might know three times more scripture than they know. You may have more <laughs> education than they have. And what I've learned is when they can't say, you can't do this, so-and-so, this is what they say, and it's just as evil. Not now. Later, not now. That's just as racist as you'll never get it. And that's what I see in a lot of white churches. A lot of them just will not sit down and be taught by black ministers. And if they do talk by black ministers, here's another thing I've learned, too. It's a church right now in Cincinnati, and they're going through this. They don't want to deal with racism. They don't ever want to talk about racism. And they got all these black ministers. That they let share. People think, well, they got a black minister sharing, teaching white people. So we're growing. Oh, yeah? The kind of black people they want in the pulpit, Don, is the kind that's scratching. You know what I mean? Laugh when things are not funny. And when you get uh, someone with some uh, backbone, you can't be a minister there. You have to be, you either have to be married to a white woman. Or you have to be the type, and I know what I'm, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You have to be the type of black person that's not a threat to white people. Although a threat to white people might mean just speak your mind. Just, just, I mean, it don't have to be nothing really bad. You just, you speak your mind, you love God, you, you, you just tell it like it is. You, you're loving, you always put a lot of honey on what you say, but you're not about to be 
cowing down to white supremacy in no way. And if you speak like that, don't or don't mention nothing about Christ being black or anything militant. They call it militant. They don't want your passion. John, have you ever heard of that? Uh, in in uh, flip side of uh, instead of the black church, blacks going to white church. You ever heard of that? Yeah, I'm into some situations where you have integrated congregations, and there is uh, actually there is uh, blatant racism. But it's kind of maxed in the color of now you're not you can't handle this position yet. You know we have to use someone that's been experienced or yeah. even yeah. experienced. Well, this position it takes a while to get here, but we're going to keep you in mind because we're sure you got skills. Well, that's the improper shifting of of, of power and authority in the church. Of course, we know the ultimate mm-hmm. authority. And you do have, you know, I'd like to say some notes that you made about the prayer lines. And, uh, you know, all of those guys are not shysters. Some people are directed by God to provoke the faith of a person. Now, and, now hold uh, on, just for time's sake. Hold on for time's sake. Well, just, I'm only doing this for time's sake. Otherwise, I'll let you go, Don. You know that. Those that are not shysters, don't talk about them. We're not talking okay. about the good ones. We're talking about those that are saying Sydney fight off for this real, man. And if we need to tell it like it is when people are from Satan. They're using God's word to to, to, to use people. So I hear what That's you're what? saying, but it's not all of them. We know that. We know that. We know that. But let me ask you something. What is the solution in two minutes? Because I want to play a song on the very last. I always like to end with a song. we got like literally two minutes. What is the solution? People that run into churches where they're doing this kind of stuff, they go to these interracial churches and they thought they got to escape the whole black issues, and they found out, man, this is, I mean, I'm telling you, some of these interracial churches, they're not ready, man. I'm serious. Black people need to go back to their churches where they're loved. They can see black people doing positive things because in these, a lot of these white churches, it's just racism every which way. You Anything black going on like Black Lives Matter, you can't talk about that at these churches. They're going to look crazy. Don't mention no uh, anything that, that would help you as a people is threatened. They're threatened by it. So you won't grow once you go to a lot of these churches. You know, so <laughs> it's not all that. It's just people are people no matter where you go, and you got to deal with the devil no matter where you go. So go ahead and give them a solution as to what to do if you find yourself in either one of these settings where people are controlling, manipulative, and greedy. Well, when we was growing up in church, they used to tell us to watch Fight and pray. Ask God for spiritual direction because you're not required to stay where there is not real love. And you're not required to put up with nonsense that doesn't edify God but satisfies the selfish ambitions of men and corrupt leadership. Integrated churches are fine because we're going up to all learn sooner or later how to get along with everybody. But the point is this. I would not go to a church where the world I'm treated indifferent because of my ethnicity, whether you be white or black. I just wouldn't do it because God has a place for everybody in the church world, the local congregations. Yes, there are some that are really not doing the will of God, but I highly suggest that if you are a believer, that you hold on to whatever uh, amount of spirituality that you may have Stay in touch with God And let the Lord lead you That's the only thing 
gives us the spirit of wisdom and knowledge, of love and power and a sound mind. And that sound mind covers it covers being able to think for yourself and think correctly. Well, Don, I'm going to have to wrap it up because we got probably no time now. It's okay. If you went over this part. It's great. Music ain't the most important thing. What you just said is the most important thing, and I hope y'all got all that. Don, thank you for coming on. Thank you for coming on. I got a rush because we're going to hang up on us. Thank y'all for listening. We still got a lot of people still hanging off online, believe it or not. Thank y'all. It was a very good show, both topics, both interviewing this. So I'll see y'all next week. God bless. Love every single one of y'all. Thank you, Don, okay. again. And there ain't nothing. Nothing y'all can do. I love every single one of y'all. There's nothing you can do about it. All right, Reverend Shaw. Good night. All right. Good night, sir. All right, folks. Good night again. Like I said, uh, I enjoyed the show. We've come this far by faith. Let's sing it and we.